and welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, and I am, of course, joined by Alex. Alex, say hi. Hello, it's been a while. Yeah. Been like three weeks. Something Finally. Like Exams are over. Ooh. Studying. Well, not saying studying is over. I've got plenty of stuff to do, but at least no exams, so that's good. Yeah, I just started a new class, but now it's math, so like it's uh, a bit easier. Oh, to, I've just to do. finished all the math. Ooh, nice. Probably. I had a metric ton of math. It was ridiculous. And I hadn't done math in years. Um, so it was it was quite some catching up. I had to do algebra and stuff again. And I was like, how do you how do you do this again? Yeah, you have to relearn <laughs> how does this it. Work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you feel really fucking stupid when you're doing it because it's like, hey, this is a fraction. This is a common denominator. And you're like, I know what that is. And it's like, okay, multiply multiply a fraction. And you're like, hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like I forgot. It, for me, it was mostly just like I felt stupid because it was like I was good at this, and now I just suck. <laughs> I just forgot everything. You've been playing like, too oh, much control. On. It's like, it's like seventeen-year-old Alex would be looking at me, and it's like you fucking idiot. Like I just felt like me looking over my own shoulder and be like, you dumbass. How could you not know this? The good thing is we are here to uh, go over some cool spoilers for fucking. Uh, I I just want to keep calling it Val because um, all the. Okay, side note. Every time you know how like something's spoiled and they do it like on the magic subreddit or whatever, and they always put the abbreviation first of like the set. Yeah. It reads. It's just V O W. It's Val. And every time I see it, I just see. I, it looks like someone is t- putting in their title, going, "Wow!" Like, look at this spoiler. Like, they're really <laughs> excited. And I was like, "This must wow, be a cool look one." Look at this draft common. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. But hey, it's the vampire set, and today is Tuesday, November second. We are about a week into spoilers and stuff, and uh, so far, so far, the first spoiler I'm going to give you is. Where the fuck are the good vampires? <laughs> I would say it's not it's not really the vampire set, is it? It's the human <sighs> set. Clearly they're winning. Like you see the art coming in and like I was mad because I thought they killed Sigarda, but apparently they don't. And like then all the angels come in and the humans start kicking ass and then the dude with the two shields shows up and it's like, oh, well I guess the humans are winning and it's shown because they've killed all the good vampires. Yeah. There's... And replaced them with good humans. <laughs> What's that white card? Um, the uh, the one that draws a card. It's a human. It's like the. It's like. Yo, dude, the humans get to draw cards now. Yeah, it's. I a, know. Th- it's a three-two or three, or three, and it says if it enters the battlefield, if you control another human, draw a card, which is pretty funny with Mudavolt. Wait, did you see the flavor text of that one? No, because when I saw it, it was still translated. Then they generally don't translate the flavor text. Oh uh, well, they have flavor text now. And the flavor text was like Olivia saying, like, uh, it's not that I wasn't expecting a, a reinforcement or like a fight. It's just I wish they weren't so heavily armed. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, read, I had to reread it four or five times. I'm like, this doesn't feel like a real flavor text. This feels made up. It just it <laughs> seems so out of character. Like, like, fuck, they have these weapons. And you're like, no shit you're literally like, taking over have Innistrad. You, have you never seen Sigarda's aid like you literally <laughs> didn't the one angel they didn't kill is the one that hands out weapons <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ 
But I, I and then that one guy was like, "No, give me two shields." <laughs> like what? <laughs> I can give you this big hammer, and it's like, no. <laughs> I um, I even tweeted, uh, what was I, I said? The vampire set is getting better humans for Pioneer than it is fucking vampires. <laughs> yes, like, this is so fucking stupid. Where well, are my? We'll vampires? get into some of those good humans. Oh, they- one very noteworthy, very early on. Yeah. Um, but let's get started. We do our usual thing, so we just scroll down to the bottom of Mythic Spoiler. Yeah, and we're gonna go top to bottom and stop at whatever card uh, sparks our interest. All right. Which I will say, there are quite some cards that spark my interest, but um, not all of them deserve a lot of attention. But I do want to point them out. No. But first things first, we have the cycle finished for the Tangolands, or what? Do they have an official Slowlands. name yet? Really? People just call them Slowlands. That's so boring. Tango Land but sounds better because it mo- takes two to tango. Eh? No, eh? but no, Tango Lands is the ones that require two basics. Oh, Battle fuck. for Zendikar. That's right. They were the Tango Lands because you need two basics because exactly it takes two to tango. But I hate this game. These are just. We're running out of cool names for things. Slowlands. Whatever. We got the cycle finished, so cool. Um, I still. I'm happy. I, I am still going to pound the table and be of the opinion that they're better than checks most of the time i think they are f- better than checks in decks that also run pathways yes um i think if you're playing a three color deck so i don't think they're that good but i think they could be good in specific decks mostly shards i think if you're playing a wedge you're probably better off with triomes checks and like four or five shocks because that also enables you to maybe like sneak in a castle or two into your mana base which these make a little bit harder um so i will i do think that once we get the triumph cycle finished which a lot of people are hoping is in streets of caperna or something i don't know how much play these are gonna see outside of command but they're pretty they're pretty cheap so i think i got mine for like Four bucks each, and that was pre-ordering. Pretty happy to see the cycle finish in the meantime. Yeah. And, I mean, but outside of that, we immediately, like our, one of our first big spoilers, is an entire new mechanic. And because I know you love this mechanic so fucking much, I'll let you introduce it. It's Cleave. And Maro spoiled, uh, teased, that we were going to remove something that has never been removed before. And I definitely didn't think of text on a card. Um, so the one this spoiled was Dig Up, which is one green for a sorcery. But it has a cleave cost of colorless black, black, green. And what cleave means is basically some of the text on the card is between brackets... And when you've cast it for its cleave cost, you basically cross out that text. Alex, 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 so, you cleave it yeah. out. You cleave out the text. Yeah. Fair enough. It's the whole, um, <laughs> it's the whole thing. I guess. Um, search your library. So this says, it's kind of like Overload, where like if you pay an additional cost, it changes the card. Um, so Digup says, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. But if you cleave it, it removes the text, basic land, and reveal it, leaving you with search your library for a card, put it into your hand, 
then shuffle. So basically, this card is either Lay of the Land or Diabolic Tutor. Which are both bad, so there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, Lay of the Land was banned in Standard at one point, but that was when it was called a Tune with Ether, and it actually gave you a resource that was extremely valuable. Yeah. And this card doesn't really do anything. It's, it's kind of cool, right? Because it... Like, Lay of the Land is obviously an awful top deck, and this card suddenly becomes a great top deck. So in theory, it's good early and late, but I, I don't think that's going to pan out that way at all. I don't know. I saw people I should, like, really, really care for card. basics. I don't know. I'm, I'm never really high on cards. It's just, tutors are generally too expensive, and the cards we're tutoring up aren't as good as they are in other formats. Yeah. Um, like, like tutors, for example, they're at their best in Vintage, right? Because you're tutoring up your one-off Ancestral Vision. Uh, ancestral Recall, so then every tutor is basically bonkers because it finds you one of the best cards in the game. But at this point, like, what are we what are we tutoring up with this? What card is so good that we can pay four mana more and the card is still good? Um, so like, my first thought with this card is, like, I was like, maybe we can run this in, uh, what's it called? Delirium, but I'm like, Delirium already has a tutor. Card. Hey, you've got Traverse the Ovenwald. Yeah, which is better. It's still one mana. I mean, this find, but Brad, this finds you anything. Even like a planeswalker, which is like the only thing you basically can't find with the first two of want. Yeah, or like a basic spell. Yeah, but like through Murderous Rider, Reclamation Sage, well, mm -hmm. you could basically put removal for anything in your deck anyway. Yeah. You get a bunch of value creatures. Um,. You've got enchantment creatures, which you can grab too, like. But anyway, so that I don't really like Cleave because I think it reads super clunky. Um, basically, every Cleave card, the first time I read it, like I'm immediately like, what? And then I have to read it again before I actually know what the card does. I don't have a problem with reading it. But I also can see why people are very... Um, frustrated with it. I, maybe not frustrated is the right word, but like just kind of going like, I don't like this design. But I don't mind it. It's, I, again, I'm used to Yu-Gi-Oh! Where like, it's just the, the the way you read cards is a nightmare. So anytime someone's like complaining about formatting or how you read something in Magic, I'm like, way, way easier than Yu-Gi-Oh! You don't know the half of it. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> yeah, is um, like a fucking well, textbook. Well, actually, Brad, we immediately went to this, but we skipped a card, which basically summarizes everything that is wrong with the vampires in this set. Um, Voldaren Estate is a land card. It taps for a colorless, or it is a mana confluence for vampires, you know, in case you want to cast any of your <laughs> blue, green, or white vampires. Um, and it says, five tap, create a blood token. This ability costs one less to cast for each vampire you control. And a blood token is an artifact, token artifact, blood, with one tap, discard a card, sacrifice this artifact, draw a card. So they're basically clues, but they cost one less to crack, but you rummage instead of straight up drawing a card. But, <laughs> I already see Brad's face. 
they're good madness enablers, but madness isn't in the set. Surprising. And a ton of these vampires give about blood tokens. And the whole mechanics, it's food, but bad. Hey, it is food for vampires. True. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I want this to be a good mechanic. And, like, it's cool. And it's... I like what they're doing with it. But it's just... Uh... I want generic vampires. Give me generic, just good on their own, and they happen to be a vampire. They do something specific for the tribe. I know you want to do something different and more outside the box by you know creating an entirely new mechanic that is unique to a tribe, which is pretty cool and it's flavorful. It's it's really interesting, and I like the mechanic. But like you said, when there's not madness in the set as well, which should have been in the set instead of training. I'm gonna be honest, and we'll get to training in a fucking second. Um, <laughs> at least you'd have two returning mechanics for the standard environment that meld so well together and well let's not confuse that with bringing back meld but <laughs> <laughs> that works so well together and it creates a, a wonderful little uh, you know even limited would be fucking cool with that I understand maybe some hesitance of like having a, a thing be too good working together in tandem but like you don't need to have like okay first off there's like four training cards so far so like <laughs> when i was thinking of like oh then you lose an entire slot for mechanic training's barely a slot <laughs> give me four I mean, I've, saw, I've also seen like five cards that care about day or night yeah just randomly like hi <laughs> like hey we, we couldn't fit this in the last set but it's here now <laughs> <laughs> i woo by the way <laughs> it's like Looking okay crazy. Um, uh, but let's talk about before you stick around too long because we've got a lot to cover the next returning mechanic which I do actually think is a really cool mechanic but it does feel a little I don't know out, out of place like, don't quite know works with decay zombies I guess it's exploit um, people don't know what it does exploit means when a creature enters the battlefield you can sacrifice like when a creature with exploit enters the battlefield you can sacrifice a creature which can be itself and then Something happens. So, the example here is Overcharged Amalgam. Two blue-blue for a 3-3 flash-flying zombie horror, and it has exploit. So, when Overcharged Amalgam exploits a creature, counter-target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. So, you could, say, four mana for a disallow by having it sack itself, or you could play it for four mana, sack something... And you keep the amalgam, get your disallow, or you could just play a four mana three three flash flying, choose not to exploit, and then nothing else happens. I like this card. I like this card a lot. Fucking sweet. Yeah, card sweet. Exploits also like exploits a pretty cool mechanic. Um I almost feel like did we have to bring this mechanic back because we already have a lot of cards that like like cards that effectively exploit without having the word exploit on them is pretty common mm. got a lot of cards it says each player sack a creature you may sack a creature if you do as an additional cost sacrifice a creature whatever so exploit doesn't feel super necessary but it's it's not a bad mechanic it's fine i like it i like i like to see it back and i, I just think it's a fun one and it's probably i mean 
you have to remember we are the pioneers uh the pioneer perspective but like we have to think about standard when we are evaluating cards to an extent at least to get the idea of like why they bring cards and mechanics back so i'm sure yeah exactly um then we come to training which uh with the cards savior of ollenbock <laughs> i did not know that was a place on it um quick name the see? realms on Kaldheim. i literally can't think of one <laughs> <laughs> istfel gates of istfel is that's, one right that, that's, that's the azorius land yeah and god there's the demir one the port karen fell all right quick is that a name, place or name a realm? The houses or colleges in strixhaven um lorehold prismari um witherbloom um shit <laughs> see? see quandrix you don't need to remember and... shit quandrix i don't know the f- the fifth one just wait until we get to fucking new cabana or whatever it's like name the street that this gang takes place in or where this fucking this <laughs> gang hangs out on oh no oh there's gonna be um, an artifact in that set that's literally like 23rd and 4th <laughs> it's literally the name of the card <laughs> <laughs> but anyway savior of Olambok, one white white for a one two human soldier and that's training and training is literally reverse mentor when this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, so this is a 1-2, what if it attacks together with a 3-3? Three, three? Then you get to train it, so your 1-2 gets a counter on it, becomes a 2-3. When Savior of Olambok trains, exile up to one target creature from the battlefield or creature card from a graveyard. When Savior of Olambok leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card onto the battlefield under their owner's control. So it's basically whenever you attack and you manage to train, you can O-ring a creature or a card in a graveyard. But keep in mind, if you take something from your opponent's graveyard, or if you're like, oh, I don't like having a Croxa, I'll take it. But then they kill the savior, that Croxa actually goes back on the battlefield, not back to their graveyard where he picked it up. Savior of Olenbach is basically the avatar. Because, like, the flavor is that, like, they're, like, cause my first thought was, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would they train to get better if they're already, like, the person that's supposed to save this district or whatever? But they're the destined savior to save the district, and they have to train to reach their potential. So they're literally the avatar. If they, if they are the destined savior of Olenbok, those people are fucked. Like, this card is a mythic, and it's really bad. Like, this card is atrocious. I mean, just wait. Why would I ever the... play this over Brutal Cathar? <laughs> just wait till we get to the other white human mythic and then look at the green counterpart that's literally the exact same card, but better in every but way. <laughs> I am you, but better. <laughs> in the same set. It's wild. <laughs> it's like um, Play Design said, fuck it. We're not going to try and hide it anymore how much we hate white. Yeah, because, <laughs> because white already got their amazing card in this set. Yeah, that's true. And this one's hype. Right, what is it? It's Thalia. But not Thalia returning as a new creature or a new type of card. It's Thalia, Guardian of, Guardian of Thraben. Back 
which is the first time we've ever gotten a legendary creature reprint in a non uh what's the word like corset, corset. or um supplemental product right so that's fucking also, sweet i think this puts stadia up to like nine different arts yes hey, you know what i'm all for it art eight and nine they're great i love both of them i especially love the alternate art i wasn't a big fan of a lot of the black and white ones um from midnight hunt but this stadia is super cool um yeah, what's the one that's like eighty dollars? Like the promo, like the judge promo. Is that the selfie, uh, selfie Thalia? Yeah, it's like really close. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like the Thalia art. It's actually, I was looking at them the other day because I wanted to see like which ones I wanted to. Yeah, basically, all buy. of them are good, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think I would get any of the secret layer ones. Um, maybe. I actually really like the Crimson Vow art yeah I, I like original thalia quite a bit there's something about her that's like so disheveled looking where i'm just kind of like you had a rough night girl and i'm here for it like she just there's also the last, like, the th- eight hours just stabbing vampires I, I do like the the secret lair one where she basically just like i think she's holding a spear and she's just stabbing it straight through an eldrazi that one looks kind of cool too um the secret lair one where I think you see like the hell vault explode on the background. That one's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm probably getting the black and white one. Because I've got two humans deck now, so I need six. So I'm going to buy be buying myself a lot of Thalia. And I believe the alternate arts were all cheaper than the actual cards in Midnight Hunt. Because they're somehow more common. So... I'll just buy myself probably the cheapest Thalia too. And otherwise, I might get the one from this set because I also think it looks super cool. Yeah, these are but all yeah. fucking sweet. Other than art, Thalia! Finally! Right? Like, we were asking for Thalia for basically forever. Right? Since Pioneer's inception, people were like, oh, white would be so much better if it had Thalia. And we finally got her. Amazing creature. Uh, Thalia is incredible design, really. Um, adds good value to white. Uh, she is pretty good at combat, which, you know, it's always the thing, like, she punishes non-creature things, but she's also pretty good at combat. Mm-hmm. But when you're bothered by Thalia being a first-strike creature, you're probably playing a deck that isn't bothered by her techs. And if you're a deck that's bothered by her techs, she only hits for two as a two-drop. Mm-hmm. And she's actually pretty easy to kill anyway. Yeah. Um very nice for for white aggro decks. Um together with a bunch of other cards in this set. I cannot imagine we don't end up with some sort of humans slash weenie deck after this set. Yeah. There there's two almost already with just Thalia, but there's a whole bunch of other cards. Like Thalia I think makes the black white humans deck a ton better and then if we're looking at like Celestia humans band human the collected company style humans decks we're gonna see a whole bunch of other cards that in addition to thalia are probably gonna make those decks a lot better you've basically yeah. got like a hundred good three drops now and we'll talk about some of them when we get to them yeah this is a a really big uh card to get also 
not only are we looking at a humans deck resurgence uh, or like a white weenie deck coming out, like just actually having a genuine like aggro deck for white or, you know, the Orzov humans deck kind of coming back or you know, all that. There's Selesnya Coco, which was a deck that existed for a while and it kind of fell off. The reason the historic counterpart, of course, it's a, it is a far different format now, but the reason that before MH2 kind of in Modern Horizon stuff got injected into Historic, the reason that deck kind of stuck around when it was closer as a format to Pioneer, it had Thalia. And we have yeah, Thalia. This, this deck, we had Voice of Resurgent, I think, was yeah. the replacement for it, Thalia. Yeah. Which I think both are good cards. Thalia is the better option. But having both Voice and Thalia in the same deck is pretty fucking nice. The flexibility is pretty good because they, they serve different yeah. purposes. I mean... This kind of feels like this is probably like your, I mean, your clock becomes even slower, which will be a problem in that deck. But this might be your swap out for like Elite Spellbinder. Because I felt like Elite Spellbinder was very often taking non-creature spells out of your opponent's hand mm -hmm. and putting a blanket tax on all of them rather than like kind of messing with one. Um, I think does a lot of good for uh, for that deck. But I don't know what card exactly it's going to swap, but it's definitely a boost for that deck. And maybe people are going to like take out the Great Hench because they're like, yeah, you this should, dude's yeah, Brad you guy. You shouldn't have been playing it anyway. <laughs> this card's kind of bad. Yeah. Play Commander where it belongs. Ben, I suppose let's talk about the next two cards just because we kind of have to. Uh, Sorin, the Mirthless. Oh no, okay. he's hot. <laughs> What is mirth? Like he's mirthless. That implies he does no longer. He doesn't have any mirth. <laughs> I never actually bothered to look at what mirth means. It's uh, it's lacking. Amu like, I see it here. Amusement. So this is basically Soren the unamused. Yeah, he's uh, like he's, he's at the shit. wedding and he's like, "This sucks. I want to go home and play video games." Like, <laughs> no, he's he's upset that he's not the one fucking Olivia. Yes. Isn't that the story? I'm not kind I have. I'll be honest, I don't know the full story yet. I'll I'll just wait for it to come out and Magic Arcanum's gonna make a no, video like, like before, what happens before, on Innistrad and Midnight. Before Hunt. this though, like like wasn't he and Olivia a thing in the lore? Am I going oh, I don't actually know that. Because like doesn't Edgar fucking hate him? Also, wait, no, don't all the vampires hate him because he helped, like, Innistrad not get overcome by vampires last time? Yeah. Yeah, like, like Sorin's basically the guy who wants to, like, I think, like, bring the balance or whatever, because he's, and, and he's right, right? If it's like, well, but if vampires eat all the humans, we'll starve. Yeah. Yeah, do you think? Well, but the rest well, is like, ah, not our problem. Actually, Alex, um, According to another card that got swallowed, actually today, he was wrong. Oh, there's a sweet flavor text, which oh yeah 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 I know I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. But they'll survive. Anyway, anyway, Soren the Mirthless, and after reading this card, I definitely lost some mirth too. Um, it is two black black for a four mana legendary planeswalker Soren. Yada yada yada. Plus one. Look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card and put it into your hand. If you do, you lose life equal to its mana value. Okay, apparently plus one draw card wasn't good enough. 
minus uh, was too good. Minus two. Create a 2-3 black vampire token with flying and lifelink. And then minus seven. Sorin the Mirthless deals 13 damage to any target. You gain 13 life. All right, Brad, you're a vampire expert. Analysis, please. Um, this is not a vampire card at all. This literally does nothing for the tribe. Um, but he's a vampire and he makes vampires. Hooray, he makes a 2-3 sort of um, Nighthawk boy. Cool. <laughs> the um, comparison between this and Sorin, Impervious Bloodlord, that one down takes gives you a 4-4 four four that draws you like three cards. This down takes and gives you 2-3. Well, I mean, at least the two threes guaranteed. It, it's not uh, now. If this was, they always have it, Brad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, sometimes you, you see, like we've played, and I've been on vampires, and I go, okay, Soren. You're like, fuck, I don't have the counter for this one. Yeah, that resolves. I, I'm like down tick, and you're like, all right, here it goes. And I'm like gifted Aetherborn. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit, yeah, yes, golem. <laughs> just, just like the bead of sweat, like oh my fucking god, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's fucking stupid ass deck. But yeah, this card's ass. Well, let me rephrase. It's not ass. It's, it's it not is. Horrible. No, let me rephrase, Brad. <laughs> this card is horrible. This card is absolutely terrible. It's going to uh, see no play, probably not even in standard. Ooh, and it's going to be like a bulk bin mythic. Like... It's plus one is far worse than draw a card. Far worse. And because, like, when you finally draw a good card, you lose, like, oh, half hey, your hey, life. Hey, 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 it's a you may. Like, so you peek at it first. Yeah, and so you like, could also plus one and just do nothing. Yeah, well, you, you peek at it, you're like, oh, that's an Emrakul. That costs 13 mi uh, mana. I'm going to not I'm gonna not take yeah. that one. <laughs> I'm going to not draw that one. Now, what if it said, look at the oh. top card of your library. You may reveal that card and put it into your hand. If you put it into your hand, you lose life equals those mana value. And then it had the added thing of like, I guess I don't even know how you can fucking word this. You may put it into your hand or place. It's like surveil place it into your graveyard. If you put it into your hand, then you lose the life, but not if you put it into the I mean, graveyard. I mean, I guess then it'd be, it'd be sometimes that's, that's basically your graveyard. That's, that's basically like the most convoluted, convoluted way to be like, you draw a card. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's good, leave it there. <laughs> it's just like, if it's not good, put it into your hand. It's like, I don't know, this, the card advantage on it is horrible. Um, like, there's just so many better things you can be doing than this bad card. And like, the, the, not even, the minus it's is built like, like a control win con. Yeah. Plus one, draw a card. Minus two starts winning you the game, and your ultimate probably means you win. But then if you're playing a control deck, plus one, draw blood in the snow. Like, for standard even. It's like, hmm, might not want to lose that six. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's just it's just a, a really weird card. Um, it checks all the boxes when we... If, if you look at, like, hey, what makes a Planeswalker a good Planeswalker when we typically evaluate them? It sort of checks the boxes right it has a card advantage in the plus uh, department it has a minus that protects itself in some way and a two three body is respectable and it could also go on the offensive because it has the evasion of flying and lifelink is sweet again like you said this plays like a fucking control card and then the minus eventually should should win you the game it's 13 damage 
but like, you know, 13 At to your face. At this point, you've probably done 13 to yourself. Yeah, but you gotta gain that life back. But I get like the the downtick tokens. They have life links, so they regain you the life. In theory, they regain you the life you lose. In practice, this never works out that way. Yeah, because my opponent fatal pushes a fuck. Because again, I'm playing control and I play against my opponent who's playing fatal push. And I'm like, fuck, I have no reason to play fatal push right now. Oh shit, a token! <laughs> like I can finally yeah, use this. Okay. Yes. And that will shock your Sorin. Like yeah, but then you had the two for one. It's like. Not really, because you two for one, but it included Fatal Push and Shock, which uh, were both two cards they weren't interested in casting. I can't wait mm. to to play this card, and my opponent plays the new Chandra, pluses her, pings my Sorin, and then fucking bolts my Sorin, and I just cry with the extra mana that she made. <laughs> like, this fucking sucks. Fuck! No! No! <laughs> which, we'll get, we'll get to that later. I'm actually... I, I think that card's really but you know that's that's a ways ahead all right so the next one we we gotta talk about olivia um because the set's basically about her uh alternate art creeps me out in like the good way um i think the art is basically symmetrical apart from like her oh, hands the, are, like, yeah the alt art is pose. so fucking cool and the, the um, can I we think, talk about the frame I think her, the frame like on her, these yeah the the alternate frame is really fancy and like her hair looks like she's got like like blood spirit things like make up her hair rather than having actual hair um which is terrifying and then she's got like that creepy look and she's looking you like straight in the eyes as you got the car and you're like, oh <laughs> god i guess i'll play this card so it's out of my hand but hey when you play it what do you get you get Olivia, Crimson Bride, a 6-mana, 3-4 Flying Haze Vampire. And it's, her total cost is 4 and then Rakdos. And she says, Whenever Olivia, Crimson Bride, attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains, when you don't control a legendary vampire, exile this creature. Now, it's worth noting, because immediately my first I was like, how do we put this in vampires? Like, do we want to play this in vampires? You know, minusing her in with Soren is pretty cool. She has haste, so she she can actually... She's kind of like Drana from uh, Zendikar Rising, except, you know, not bad. Yeah. She can actually do it right away instead of just chill on the battlefield at first. So, that's cool. But here's the thing. The deck I would want to make with this card is not vampires. Because it says return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I would play four Soren, four of this, and just disgusting, should not be a deck, giant creatures that I put in the fucking graveyard. And I'm like, ha, reanimate this. Because you can. Yeah, like, I, I do like uh, one thing I just thought of reading it. Now, I initially thought, like, this card's terrible, and I don't think this card's very good. But you can do cool things with this, and especially with the way it's worded, like, let's say there's a Kalidus in your graveyard. You reanimate Kalidus, he is a legendary vampire. Mm -hmm. So even if they kill your Olivia, the Kalidus is going to be like, have I got a legendary vampire? Yeah, that's me. And he's just going to stick around. So you can do cool things with this. She's very expensive. and But like, there's, there's a lot in this card that I like. Uh, it goes every turn. Again, if you 
you know, it says when you don't control a legendary vampire, so you can either just reanimate a legendary vampire or have legendary vampires around, so it's not, like, as frail. Um, because if they kill the Olivia, you could have built your deck in a way that it still sticks around. Um, she has haste, so she immediately enables herself, and that's a theme in this set, where we see big cards like Olivia are having haste, uh, five mana enchantments have end step triggers rather than upkeep triggers like um so they get you some immediate value which mm -hmm. makes cards like this far more playable like this is like a bit of a comparison this is far better than ilhark yeah. because she actually has haste so if your opponent ever taps out you can do like this giant swing without having to run weird cards like expedite um so that's cool. I just feel like this is a typical like juice not worth the squeeze card. Uh, yeah, and I was kind of excited for Olivia because I hope I was hoping more of a return to original Olivia, which was also a pretty slow card. Um, this is more like that than Olivia mobilized for war, which was a <laughs> weird card. Now do you think about it? Got a cool uh, weapon though. It was like it was like a little mini chainsaw thing. Yeah, it's sort of like a blade, but it's not filled with anything. Yeah, so it looks pretty frail, but um, so it's like it's sort of like a nice mix. That one gave haste. She has haste. The other one gave you a creature as long as you control Olivia. This also kind of has that, but it's got the it's it's a bit of a mix. But I don't know. It's here's here's the problem with this card in vampires though. It's just too big. Yeah, that and my my issue is this. It's you want this card to be a just absolute house when you're it's a you're sneak when you're cheating a six mana card into play on turn three with Soren, you want that shit to be like just dump truck in the fucking your opponent. Problem is, what do you reanimate out of your yard on turn three when this comes in? Maybe they pushed your Night of the Evil Legion. You cool, you get your Night of the Evolution back. Like that is is that that great? Like you're not that's why my brain's like, you should just do something degenerate with this and just like have like an Emrakul in your yard or like an Ulamog or something stupid. Like that's just like they're like, you know, or you get her in and you, you got it. I mean, it would be kind of cool. <laughs> Actually now that I think about it, well, this and Winota would be kind of funny. <laughs> like, um I mean I guess it's too late to trigger Winoda, sadly. Yeah. Um The problem is that like and like it you can see it in the set, right? And this is why it might work for standard. You see the blood tokens, they make you discard cards. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna use that, put the big creature in my yard, and then I'm Olivia, and then gonna reanimate the big creature. Um, so you, you see where it where it's coming from, but it's just too much work. Right? If I play Sor, if I again big vampire, you're basically cheating this in in vampire. This is not worth ramping into because for six mana you can be doing better things that just require way less setup. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm playing vampires. I just want to, if I want to do something that isn't Champion of Dusk, or I want 
more cards than that, because, you know, I can only run four of those. Um, I'll just put an Acropolis region in my deck. Yeah. That just kills my opponent in two hits. Or, like, <clears throat> what's the new one? Uh, the Westvale, Westvale Gate Boy. Yeah, Westgate Regent or something. Yeah, like, play those. Yeah, or that. I prefer the Acropolis Regent, but you could do that too. That's a little more castable. Um, outside of it, this also means if you want to hard cast Olivia, you're going to have to go into an extra color. Also not a big fan of that. If there's no other payoffs that I find worth it, um, we saw the Rectal's Vampire in the previous set, but that does not go in the same deck as Olivia. Yeah. So <clears throat> two cool Rectal's Vampires, but together they're not worth going Rectal's because they wouldn't be in the same deck. So it's kind of got like everything going against it, but a cool card nonetheless. Now, to be fair though, if you did play like one or two Olivia's in the Rectal's version of the deck, and you had that two drop from Midnight Hunt in the yard, and you swing in, hit your opponent with Olivia, and you bring that out. Well, actually, no, it wouldn't even fucking work because it would come out before damage. Fuck. Yeah. But, and it makes sense for the face card. It's basically because it's basically about Olivia. Yeah. To be this big swingy card, um, rather than like this sort of like extra character or whatever it was in the other ones. I'm very curious about Edgar Markov's card and the fact that they've revealed so much, but we still don't know what Edgar Markov's card is. I think that's that's making me that card's gonna have to be good. Like they spoil literally in the first couple of spoilers, we get Thalia reprint, we get to see what the Soaring card is, we get to see what the Olivia card is, and then like a full week of nothing yet on Edgar. And multiple cards featuring he's clearly back. Yeah. So we, we're we gonna get an Ed- If we don't get an Edgar Markov card, I will immediately say this set is not a success, just because like, come on. <laughs> I, mean, he's, I don't he's, care what the rest is. He's at the is. wedding, like he has to be there. Yeah, his his is gonna be like it's gonna be like Edgar like Crimson Groom or some shit. Be like, just oh no, <laughs> just at Karna's suit. He's he's in nine mana. I mean, hey, that might be really good with Sorin. At nine mana, it's gonna have to be a good card to cheat in, right? I, I did see someone say that they think that um now I don't be- I don't believe this when we preface that. Um, because we all know how extensively Wizards loves to test formats other than standard when it comes to their playtesting and creating uh, cards for their new uh, standard legal sets. But someone was saying maybe they uh, did when they were worried about like, you know, because of Soren's existence for older formats, they didn't want to make these vampires too good in this set. And I'm like, that's a nice thought. But like, I guarantee you, if you ask half the people on play design about, hey, did you consider Sword Imperius Bloodlord? They're like, what? Uh, or they're like, yeah, I consider how incredibly broken it is and I don't care. Yeah. Like, and they're not even wrong. Right? No. You can't make the vampire set and make all of them shit because Sorin would somehow break in an eternal format. That sounds stupid. They just banned Sorin. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I don't know. Um, I remember when I was now, like a little worried like maybe they do print a broken vampire and Soren gets banned I'm not worried about that shit yeah. anymore <laughs> I mean honestly it could only take Edgar 
Maybe. Right? If Edgar is this seven mana incredible card, then, you know, being able to drop that on the battlefield on turn three might might just be too good. Like we can't, can't allow that to happen. Yeah, we it, we so, need uh, we literally need a Karn liberated type of like card to drop on turn three. It just has to be like Edgar Markov, the ceaseless hunger. Like, yeah, <laughs> which even kind of fits for a vampire. <laughs> Exile um, eight of your lands. <laughs> Exile. He just enters the battlefield and he just Armageddon's. Right. <laughs> eight mana, eight eight. Enter the battlefield, he just eats all lands. Oh, what if he's like Siege Rhino, but a vampire? <laughs> Siege Markov. That also seems flavorful for him. Edgar Rhino. <laughs> uh, not less flavorful, but I like it. Sounds like his wrestling name. <laughs> oh my god, and Edgar the has the corner. chair! <laughs> he's getting a chair! Oh, and Olivia's oh. coming in from the rafters! <laughs> <laughs> what is Soren the Mirthless gonna do? <laughs> Damn, this would have been the best episode to have the guys from Crew 3 on because they fucking love wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go. Anyway, we're, we're moving on a little bit. Cards. Um, uh, we got another vampire. It's bad. It's two mana, two, one flying. Whenever it enters a battlefield or no i'm sorry when it, whenever it dies or a non-token creature control dies you make a fucking blood token oh and if you have five blood tokens you can transform her and then she becomes a three three flying thing that also turns your blood tokens into two two flying bats for you know with flying in haste and i, mean, I like, didn't even read this card not good. I, I completely missed it oh really it's not good oh uh, yeah i mean worse oh you need to control five blood tokens That's, for this to flip. yes <laughs> Five. <laughs> like I was reading it, I was like, oh, if this flips are like three of them or whatever, it's pretty good. <laughs> no, you five. need five. Good God. But um, there's a two drop right next to her that I think is actually really fucking good. I want to. I think. I think Spirit should play this. Oh, this card's nice. I mean, this makes your Spirit deck just like super aggro, right? right? That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, what does it do, Brad? Read it out. It's Dorothy, a vengeful victim, and it's a legendary spirit, a 4-4 four, four for two in the Azorius colors, you know, white and blue. It's a flyer, of course. It should be. It's a spirit. Though we do get sometimes those spirits that are like, I, I'll walk, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when Dorothy, a vengeful victim, attacks or blocks, sacrifice it in the end of the combat. Uh, and then it has Disturb for three. And then eh, this is the theme of spirits for this set. We had Disturb last time, and they came back from the yard as, like, you know, pumped up, sort of, like, you know, ghosty versions of themselves because they were spirits on the back, but humans on the front. Now, they're spirits already because we're at the wedding, everything's spooky, and now they become enchantment version auras of their abilities themselves, which this is basically Geist. Absolutely brilliant, though. Yeah. Like, when I read initially, it's like, I saw a card with Disturb, I was like, oh, Disturb's back, and I look at it, it's like, Oh, this is really cool. Yeah, I like this. Like, I really like what they did with it. The way it works. So, it makes them all very basic. Actually, even more basic than previous Disturb. Because now it's just like, you got a spirit, and when you disturb it, you put the text box on another text box. That's it. Yeah, and this one, it becomes Dorothea's Retribution, which is an aura, 
and it says enchant creature. Enchanted creature has, whenever this creature attacks, create a 4-4 white spirit creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking. Sacrifice that token at the end of combat. If Dorothy's Retribution would be uh, put into a graveyard from anywhere, exiled instead. So it has the same thing of Disturbed from the previous set, but I think this is a really much more interesting take on the mechanic. And last set, I was like, you don't play any of these Disturbed things in Spirits because they're not Spirits in the front half. That's that's fucking, and we don't care about the graveyard that much in spirits. Fucking, we we play fucking I rest mean, in peace. Who gives a shit? I mean, now we get enchantments like oh, kind of overcosted auras on the back though. So I don't think a lot of these. I think um, I think this one's appropriately costed though with what it does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just auras aren't very popular. No, like auras in general aren't very powerful. So. I don't know if this is actually going to see any play, but like, I think it's three should. mana, like disturb three mana to turn a creature into Geist of Saint Draft. Pretty good. That that's a very good card. Yeah, exactly. So, and it actually does, didn't Geist make fucking angels before. A Geist made a four four angel. Yeah, when it, now this one makes okay. spirits. Yeah, but then no, that matters. I mean, like pumping your getting spirit tokens. Yeah, it does a little bit. But oh, I don't no. actually know don't, if this don't don't tell me it does a little bit. You've played spirits enough to where that one point of fucking damage matters because they they have these insanely aggressive starts where you're like, fuck me, I'm dead. Yeah, but but those insanely aggressive starts is like this would be one drop, play this as a two drop, attack, then you need to slap this unsaid one drop. But you can't attack with. But you've already attacked because otherwise Dorothea wouldn't be dead. So oh, here's this a, isn't here, actually a very fast start. Be, but this isn't there for the fast start. So you're confusing this to be the fast start. I'm saying Spirits already has that fast start built in. It doesn't need any help doing that. Now what it has is an appropriate way to help rebuild your board after a wrath, which Spirits can be kind of flimsy to, especially things outside of the realm of Spellclaw, which is why you had things like Hour Devastation that saw play because Spellclaw couldn't hit it. So now, if Spirits does hit Raft and you're like, fuck, as the Spirits player, because you're like, they're only three points away from dying, well, now I'll play my shitty one drop that sucks on its own. You feel really bad about having it in a normal matchup. Oh, but by the way, I have all this extra I mana mean, now because we're later in the game and I'm going to slap this thing on it. It becomes Geist. And now my board starts rebuilding again. See, sort of. Buff, buff, for spectral sail- uh, buff for Spectral Sailor. Yeah. Gives it more value again. Flashing it in on end step and then slapping this on. Yeah. I don't know if this sees playing spirits. I really don't, but I, I, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if it did. Little surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. I think it makes sense as like a like a two of like it doesn't have to be. It's legendary, so I just don't. I just don't like the idea of you're playing a tribal deck, but your own board is dying, like to itself. Like mm-hmm. I want to keep my board. True. It does hit hard though. It, it hits very hard. That might actually be something to go in favor of this card. Because you only need, like, two creatures, one of this enchanted with this, and that's enough of a clock. Yeah. And now you hold up your Quellers, your spell, your Rattle Chains, etc., to protect the enchanted creature. But aside from that, you just don't add to your board, and your opponent's dead in two turns. Yeah. See, then there's a bunch of cards that give you blood tokens and training cards uh six mana enchantments oh mold drifter 
Brad. Oh yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about another three uh, three drop zombie later in the uh, show. But um, people are saying that one is the best uh, card for zombies. Which I guess, but I don't think it's even the best three drop zombie in the set. I think it's this one, Fell Stinger. It's an uncommon zombie scorpion, amazing creature type. By the way, that's so fucking cool. Two and a black for a three two death touch exploit. When Felstinger exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. I would like read the bones on my zombie. Thank you very much. This is fucking sweet. Um, have you seen the art, by the way? It's so fucking gnarly. This scorpion <clears throat> is the size of a horse. Yeah. It's larger than a horse. That is terrifying. And Alex, it's so hungry it could eat a horse. hungry hungry scorpion this thing is Um, fucking terrifying it's a zombie scorpion like look at its face its face is fucking ridiculous now yeah this this card is pretty good i i think it's a very cool design to put exploit on kind of like mold drifter like hey if you got nothing this is this is a divination kind of um, which can be nice for these decks, right? If you're if you're top decking this, you're like, yeah, I'd rather just have like two other cards. Um, Death Touch, nice. It's a good trader. Uh, a zombies deck, or even even just like some sort of black aggro deck, they'll have recursive creatures, decay zombies, other tokens like lying around, which are perfect to sacrifice to this. Um, best tokens from Strixhaven or like good things to sacrifice to this they even offset the life loss a little bit so kind of sweet yeah yeah Yeah, maybe this actually could just go in mono black the respectable body um death touch maybe sort of evasion depending on the matchup um i mean we've seen some versions of mono black aggro again the deck doesn't pop up as much we've talked about that in the last couple shows but in the deck list that we have seen, I saw a couple running the that black werewolf from uh, Midnight Hunt. A couple of those. Um, that three drop. Yeah, the graveyard. Uh, yeah. I mean, Trespasser. If, if they're trying that, I could see them playing this in that spot as opposed to that or card advantage. Maybe. That, I mean, you the matchups or, were... or maybe you maybe you even trim on like. I could honestly see you, you you trim like a scrap heap for this or something because you've got mm-hmm. a lot of recursive creatures. Yeah, and I have seen plenty of scrap heap scroungers eat other recursive creatures because you just all I have is recursive creatures. Mm-hmm. So if instead you're swapping that one or two copies of that or one or two of your recursive creatures it doesn't have to be scrap heap, but I wouldn't want to go up too much on the curve. Um. Sacking a recursive creature for some value that isn't graveyard value could actually be pretty nice, especially with how much people are attacking graveyards now. Yeah, I, think it's, yeah, I still think it's in the uh, I'll quickly touch on by invitation only. Mm-hmm. Uh, three white, white sorcery, choose a number between zero and 13. Each player sacrifices that many creatures. I think this card's pretty sweet. This seems um, really good against spirits. My first thought. Yeah, like, I wanted to touch on that, where, first of all, if we spirits is very popular, it displays around Spell Queller. 
It also plays around Selfless Spirit because it's Sacrifice. We've seen a bunch of Soul Flayer pop up a little bit recently. It's very mm-hmm. good against that deck. Yeah. Um, other indestructible shenanigans, right? Indestructible was a pretty obvious path to victory against white decks sometimes. Um, so yeah, I think this can be very sweet, and you can make this semi-one-sided sometimes. Like, oh, you've got three creatures, I've got five creatures, I'll just say three, and I get to keep something. Yeah. I don't think that's going to come up very often. Yeah, I think I think um, this is going to... You play this out of the board in, like, um, Azori's control if the meta depends on it, and you're like, yeah, 13, exactly. 13, 13. <laughs> and it's like, I've got four creatures. 13. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to sack all of them plus the other imaginary ones you have. Yeah. I'll do the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th- I think this card's pretty sweet. Um, if the meta calls for it, this can be very good. Um, Supreme Verdict is obviously very stark competition, but in the given the right meta, this is a very nice tool to have in your toolbox. Yeah. So if I would be a, a blue-eyed control or an Esper control player... I well then you've when you've got SP you've got Shadows Verdict and stuff yeah. which probably fills a pretty similar role. But if I was a blue white player, I would buy a couple of these, put them in my maybe board, and you know when the time calls, bring it. Also, um, the the uh, the flavor is hilarious. So the um, the flavor text says the red envelope guarantees safe pass uh, passes through the. What the fuck is this? A learn Braum barrier. Literally left strict instructions, no invitation to enter, no exceptions. But I just love like if someone tries to sneak into this wedding, they're 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 fucked. Like no no no, they're just dead. <laughs> bye bye. Um, I yeah, but this is a very underrated card that like no one's talking about. I've noticed. Um, also, I'm pretty sure Gavin himself spoiled it. Pretty cool. Uh, I think it's really sweet. Um. I mean, real quick, the next card is also really sweet, but I don't think it's very good. It does give me Pot of Desires types of vibes from uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. It's Demonic Bargain. Uh, three mana exile, top 13 cards of your library, then search your library for a card to put that card into your hand, shuffle. Um, this is very have, weak Demonic Consultation. We also have Grim Tutor in the format. Yeah, like the top 13... There's a pretty good chance you're exiling your silver bullet, which you would be tutoring for when you cast this. Um, it's a pretty hefty cost to get a one mana discount on Diabolic Tutor. And they've done this in a lot of sets where we see like funky Diabolic Tutors that like cost one less or give you a little bit of an upside or whatever. It's like Diabolic Tutor is such an exceptionally bad card that making it a little better by adding like, oh, I'm going to make it one mana cheaper, but give it this giant downside. It's like that That just... I, Diabolic Tutor is probably better than this. They, they've actually made it worse. I, I still don't understand. Grim Tutor's a thing, though. Why would you not play just Grim Tutor over this? Is the three life that big of a deal? And like being no, double no I'd rather pay the three life than lose the 13 cards. Yeah, I feel uh, like this card should have... is actually oh, exceptional. Sweet. Oh my. This, Th- this card should have said, though, uh, put that card, uh, exile that card, you may cast without paying its mana cost. No. Yes. 
<laughs> you may cast it without paying it. Cast. That's cool. I'll just cast my uh, Ulamog on turn three and your lands are gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is coming from the person who plays vampires. You know, you're used to three mana to play the biggest card in my deck, <laughs> no matter the mana cost. So I can, I can see where it's coming from, but... Yeah. I, we need more changelings so I can just throw some into my vampire deck for no reason. You just need, like, chameleon colossus type cards. Just, like, yeah. five mana changelings. Yeah, I'm playing vampires and it's all of a sudden it's like, huh. This is a vampire all the time. It's on. Yeah. It's on. I'll, uh, I'll down tick, put Morophon on the battlefield, name Sliver, and now I win the game. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite decks. Hey, yeah, I was um, looking at that. So those are the vampire. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Anya, Anya, Maid of Dishonor, um, two black red legendary creature vampire. She enters the battlefield, or another vampire enters the battlefield under your control. You create a blood token. This ability triggers only once each turn, and you can then pay two, sacrifice another creature, or a blood token. Each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. This this reads like a bad commander card. Or like, I mean, this is your blood token commander deck alternate commander that is like the first card you replace in a precon, because my god, this is bad. Yeah. Like, we've gone past the point where, like, 4 mana 4 5 is a good rate. Like, that's no longer good enough to save a card. Like, I've said this, that, that phrase too much on this podcast. Like, it's a good rate. But, like, everything else about this card is so bad. Yep. All right, moving on. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, I want to quickly touch, because, you know, can't go over everything. Uh, wedding announcement? It's a pretty cool card. Um, it's enchantment, two and a white. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, put an invitation counter on wedding announcement. If you attacked with two or more creatures this turn, draw a card. Otherwise, create a 1-1 white human creature token. Then, if wedding announcement has three or more inv uh, invitation counters on it, transform it, and it just becomes Glory's Anthem. So, you don't get the immediate anthem, but you do get a board... Potentially, but if, if you are if you don't have a board, it builds you a bit of a board before you get your anthem, which is nice. If you already have a board, it's drawing you cards in the meantime, which is nice. So it kind of does everything you want it to do. I kind of wish this also just had a mode, like, I don't know, pay one mana, put an invitation counter on it. Mm -hmm. So when I top, then it would kind of solve every problem, right? If I don't have a board, it gives me a board. If I already have a board... It draws me cards, so I'm protected against the board wipe. If I have a board, but I also want to be winning the game right now, I can manually flip it. And it doesn't have that. And it takes a lot to make Glorious Anthem a good card. But I do like it. This first bunch of uh, spoilers was fucking insane. Uh, he was dominating vampire. It's another vampire. This one's one double red. Could have been Rakdos, but whatever. Um, for a 3-3 regular vampire, when Dominating Vampire enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of vampires you control until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. Um, now, you know it would be really funny? Um, if you play this and you already have Soren out and you go, I'm going to steal that, 
swing in and then he plus sack their uh their creature. You can only sack vampires, right? But Sorin. Oh, that's right. Well. They should have made it a vampire in Dilemma and, yeah, Throne. I agree. Like that a captivating been, vampire. Yeah, he got bit. Then been cool. I don't know, man. Like the 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 dream scenario of this card is really fucking sweet, but like again, double red, pain in the ass to cast. Do I want to go into Rakdos for vampires? I just I don't know, dude. I was like, threatened effects aren't that good. Like people get like a weird feeling about it because claim the firstborn is such a good card. It's also one but- mana. Yeah, it's one. We probably have like seventeen different threaten effects in this game, and that is basically the only one that is good. So, well, uh, Angrath's minus. Ang- Angrath's minus was really decent. fucking good. Um, also, that animation. Nice arena, with Thief of Sanity. He just fucking whips um, the chains like ha Yeah, mine. But yeah, now a card that could be good is. Geist Light Snare. Did you just say could? Could. This is. A, I mean, it's th- good in a specific deck. This is a home run. Um, two and a blue instant. This spell costs one less to cast if you control a spirit. It also costs one less to cast if you control an enchantment. Counter target spell, uh, unless its controller pays three. So this is kind of um, mana beak. What's that one again? Lofty Denial. Lofty Denial in mono blue tempo. It's potentially one mana mana leak, which is really nice. Um, Outside of that, I don't think it sees play anywhere. I don't think it's particularly great in spirits. I would probably prefer Lofty Denial. I mean, um, this could be Lofty but, Denial 5 through 8. Yeah, but don't they already like run like only 2 or 3 Lofty Denial nowadays? In the Coco version, sure, but if you're playing straight Azorius, you play four. Yeah, okay. You could go like Azorius Spirits, and then you run not just Curious Obsession, but you also run um what's, what's the, the insight what's the Azor- thing? Yeah, the Azorius one from Theros. Staggering Insight? Yeah. And then this is pretty sweet. The only thing is like I think it's very good in that deck, but that deck hasn't been very good. So that's why I'm a bit low on it. Um, I don't oh, know if the no no I don't no, know no, if no, that no, decks no no, no 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 don't play Azorius. Why don't you you you, you play um play Simic Spirits? For, oh, for it's key sense. sense. Yeah, that's kind of sweet. Uh, but again, that's the like you're just playing a deck that like hasn't been very good for a long time, I, and <clears throat> I don't super, know if Super Spell Pierce might might be good enough. I, I don't know, maybe, but I don't know <clears> if <throat> lack of good interaction was this deck's problem. We've got Spell Pierce, we've got Dive Down. Uh, if you want to go very deep, you've got like Mizium Skin um, to protect your creature. Uh, you look, you gave me a funny look. It's basically Dive Down, but it's less toughness. Um, yeah. But like... Cerulean Drake out of the side. <laughs> Cerulean Drake from the sideboard that works but like so I don't know if your problem was I don't have good ways to protect my creature so I don't know if this solves the problem your deck has but I mean if this if this is the problem the deck has this is the solution it's basically a handmade card for this deck 
And in Historic, you could just stay mono blue because you have both Curious Obsession and Curiosity. So it's probably pretty good there. I think that deck's already pretty decent, but I haven't played Historic in like a decade. I don't fucking know anymore. I haven't even tried. I mean, I, I played like two matches since Modern Horizons came out, and I haven't yet to play against any Modern Horizons cards in Historic. <laughs> <laughs> I played against like Gruul. And I and I was like I was like I have them dead to rights. I'll tap out and swing. They have one card in hand. What could it be? Embercleave. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought I escaped you. Um. Do you want to talk about the angry werewolf that just is here for some reason? No. <laughs> okay. Good. That's whatever. Good. It swings. Does some damage. It's five drop. It, go away. It, it's a five drop werewolf that that has menace and haste. I mean, menace and haste is a really cool combo. Actually, I wish we had more of those. Actually, you know what? Let me go look on Scryfall. I want to see how many creatures in Magic's history have Menace and Haste. Probably quite a few, actually. Both of them? Well, if you... They errated, like, the long way to explain Menace to be Menace, right? There's a whole bunch of old cards that says, this card cannot be blocked by... Uh, has to be blocked by more than one creature or whatever. Or cannot be blocked by one creature which is Menace, but it wasn't actually explained as Menace. How do I, how do I search this? Because I put Menace in Haste, and it's like, give me cards that just mention Haste. Oh, no, there, there's literally... Oh, yeah, there's only... Even with... So all cards in Magic's history, all cards, there are 14 cards that include both the words Menace and Haste on the card, and... Uh, only... One of them, only, yeah, only two of them actually do it. Not counting this one. There's a there's so, a lose claim, lose calm, which gives the suit of menace you're talking about. There's a a minotaur warrior that gives your other minotaurs menace and haste, and then there's this new volatile arsonist. So just quickly because we talked about it, volatile arsonist, three red red. Human Werewolf, Menace, Haste, whenever it attacks, it deals one damage to each of up to one target creature, one target player, and one target planeswalker. And that's Daybound, Nightbound, Menace, Haste, it's the same thing, but two damage. Oh, and it's a 5-5. Five, five. Okay, big, chunky Gruul dude. Um, you've In Standard, you've got Goldspan Dragon. In Pioneer, you've got Goldspan Dragon, Glorybringer. Um, anything else really um, we've seen a lot of around 5 mana big red creatures with haste that do something and this is not the best that's for sure yeah yeah then uh, kind of interesting card a change of fortune 3 in a red for sorcery discard your hand then draw a card for each card you've discarded this turn you could do some nasty things with this yeah. You could definitely turn us into like some sort of weird plus five. Uh, kind of hilarious if you cast two, then it counts previous one. Um, obviously, um, annoying that you end up with one card less. These cards are always kind of hope they say like this draw that many plus one. So the floor is a little bit. Uh, I mean, they they, a little bit they printed another card in the set that has that. Yeah, worry. I think that basically does that. So. Um, then the next day 
we find a card that I'm very, I'm very excited about. Dreadfuge, one black, sorcery, cleave, two and a black. I'll read out the cleave and non-cleave. Target player reveals their hand. You, you choose a non-land card from it with mana value two or less. That player discards that card. So it's Inquisition of Kozilek, but two mana instead of three. However, if you play its cleave cost, so two and a black, it's just straight up look at their hand, take something away from it. That isn't a land. Um, I think this card's pretty sweet. I think Inquisition of Kozilek would be super good in Pioneer. Like, incredibly good. So a pseudo Inquisition of Kozilek that is actually more valuable later on in the game when you've got mana to spare um, is potentially a good card. Um, you know, we always joke that, you know, your life total doesn't matter, yada, yada, yada. Uh, obviously, at one point, it starts mattering. Um, so it's kind of hard to put, like... If you're playing a control deck, and you notice this in in Pioneer, you can see this, how a lot of Demir decks, they don't even run Thoughtseize. Sometimes it's not even in the 75. Yeah. And part of that, at least I also... Part of that can be the life loss. Because there's more decks that's just, like, burn, Right? Thoughtseize is terrible against Burn. It's terrible against Monogreen Stompy. These types of decks that just, like, take, I don't know, one of your four three drops with five power, and it's just terrible. Where in Modern, it's much more commonly used to, like, take strategies apart, and, like, a turn one Thoughtseize, Thoughtseize can buy you four turns. Right? That's why it's way more popular, like, a main deck card. Um, but I think the life loss matters. Uh, basically, every aggro deck is a Lurus deck anyway, so the mana value two or less doesn't really matter yeah. in a lot of matchups. Um, you know, if I'm playing against Burn and I just want to be, you know, and I'm on the play, it's like, hey, I want to strip that one drop out, maybe a one drop out of your hand, but I might be looking to take that, um, I don't take want. a chain to the rocks out of your hand, or take an Eidolon out of your hand, or a, um, what's the. You take one every turn, basically the Sulfuric Vortex thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, oh my god, the enchantment from Zenikar. Yeah, anyway, we all know what I'm talking about. Um, take that one out of their hand, but you don't want to lose the two life because that's way too actively working towards their game plan, and Burn is a pretty popular deck right now. So, I think there's a lot of play to this card. Um, it's an uncommon, it's probably going to be 50 cents, and I'm just going to be buying my play set just in case. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's good. I think it's a good card. I'll definitely try it out. I think it will probably find a home in sideboards with some number. Yeah, but well, I, I think in sideboards, you're better off with Thoughtseize because you bring it. It's This is not a card that I would put in my sideboard and bring in against Burn, but this is a card where if I'm playing in a meta that features Burn, but I also feel like hand attack is valuable in some matchups, um, I think a good example of that, what if Mono Blue Tempo becomes very good now? This new card, like this Geist, whatever, I mean, you can't take that with this, which is a bit of a bummer, but that Geist card makes the deck super good, but there's also a lot of burn running around. Well, I want Hand Attack versus the Mono Blue Tempo deck, but Thoughtseize is horrible to main deck against burn. This deck kind of does double duty. It's not terrible against burn, 
but against the Curious Obsession whatever deck, it can take their one drop when you're on the play. Or they go on the turn turn one on the play, um, they play their one drop, your turn, cast this, take the Curious Obsession. And in that meta, this card actually works as a main deck card. Where in that meta, I would not main deck four Thoughtseize, because that's basically conceding the burn matchup. So, medical. But you always want options. Especially if you're playing a control deck, cards like this, all I see is like, hey, options. There's metas where I want this. So, I'm happy to see it. Even if that meta might not be the current one. Also, art. Holy shit. The art's um, I don't think Alchemist Gambit is particularly special for Pioneer. Nope, it's uh, just hilarious that it's printed. Yeah, it's three mana, extra turn, but it's a typical red extra turn spell, so you get a turn, but you lose at the end of the turn, unless you pay a total of seven, which includes some blue mana, and then it's just take an extra turn. Okay. Oh, and it also exiles itself, so you can't fucking do any shenanigans oh, yeah, getting do it back. Shenanigans. Um, uh, skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead. I don't give a fuck about Runo. Sorry. Um, he is so cool, though. Uh, I'm not going to read it out because he has a lot of text, but Runo Stromkirk, big monster payoff. Art's great. Probably a super cool commander. Um, check him out. Oh, you play this and Olivia in the same deck and like some Grixis big creature thing. Well, that's cool. Um, oh, Olivia bringing back a Leviathan. I don't think that's the flavor they expected. <laughs> whoops. Uh, we got Chandra dressed to kill. Um, the regular art is not my favorite, but the alternate art. Oh my fucking god! The alternate art is so good. I'm buying eighty of these. Just I'm I'm buying the market share of this alternate art just so <laughs> no one else can have it. That's how good it is. Fuck you. Can I have honest. one for my commander deck? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can have my foils in five years when it's eighty dollars a pop. <laughs> <laughs> So, Chandra, dress to kill. One red red. Legendary creature, Chandra, play, uh, legendary, not creature, legendary planeswalker, Chandra, three, uh, three loyalty, plus one. Add one red. Chandra, dress to kill, deals one damage to up to one target player or planeswalker. It says planewalker here. No, that's, that's a typo. That's, that's a singular. Um, plus one. Exile a top card off your library. If it's red, you may cast it this turn. That's it. That's one of the Morrow teasers. Minus seven. Exile the top five cards of your library. You may cast red spells from among them this turn. You get an emblem with, whenever you cast a red spell, this emblem deals X damage to any target, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. This is red. This is, Do you like casting red spells? I love casting <laughs> red spells. Are you fucking kidding me? This is great. This is baby Chandra Torture Defiance. Like it, it's not as oof, good. Of, of oof, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hot, hot take. It's it's appropriate for, uh, for the flamey girl herself. Um, but we we can't have her be too flaming because then you know the, the whole decidedly male thing. We we can't have any 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 lesbian thing going on in in our wonderful game of Magic. Fuck you, uh, Nissa and Chandra uh, shippers. God, that's still the funniest thing that's ever happened to Magic in the most horrible way. It's so stupid, and the book was so bad. And I was like, "They're lesbians." One month later, no, they're not. No, they're not. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> Please, China, buy our cards. 
<laughs> and now they have literal like <laughs> I like how they say like the new guards like, like their one year later at least you like sexy sword and stuff it's like everyone looks gay yeah well then you have like the new one the the gruel card was like their partners <laughs> i just love people like sharing that like that sport like and they were roommates <laughs> look at them <laughs> they were very good friends yep <laughs> They yep. hated each other's husbands. <laughs> that's what they tell. That's what they tell their parents. They're very good friends. Yep. But no, like this is baby Chandra Torture Defiance. Torture Defiance will always be better. Of course, of course. But look at her. She is literally dressed to kill. Fucking, she's out there slaying. Fucking amazing. She's what, dressed to kill. So all she does is ping things for one. Not even creatures. Yeah. And then she just hands you some cards. This is this is the least killing Chandra we've ever seen. And she's called Chandra Dressed to Kill. Hey, like, hey, hey. every other Chandra kills more stuff than this one. Look, you're going to plus like, one, right? You're going to get that red yeah. mana. You're going to ping your opponent. And then you're going to bolt their creature. Or my personal favorite. My personal yeah, favorite. Yeah, but then you the, bolted the creature. My personal favorite. Fuck you. My personal favorite <laughs> is... Plus one, add your red, ping your opponent, light up the stage. Ooh. I, li- I like that a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get to draw. No, you. Why light up the stage? <clears throat> it triggered skewer to critics. I mean, yeah, sure. Brad, this is, this is your consistent one damage every turn. Except you look at the top card and they're all black because you're playing vampire. <laughs> So you can't cast them. Oh yeah, this is going in the Rakdos Vampire deck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. It's like, why does it have to be if it's red? Plus one, next on the top card. You may play it this turn. You may cast it this turn. It doesn't even work for lands. So, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's like it. It, it is baby Chandra Torture Defiance, but they stripped off all the good things that make Chandra Torture Defiance good. And then left you with the rest. Chandra Torture Defiance is still the S tier of Chandra art. Like don't, yeah. don't, don't wrong. This alternate art is phenomenal. Okay, you know what my favorite thing about this game is? We have such amazing IPs when it comes to magic, right? In the characters. You have the gate yeah. watch and like Gideon, Jace, Liliana. You know, Chandra, Nissa, all these amazing characters. Yet, if you look at all the artwork across the board, none of them look alike. They, <laughs> their faces change every time they planeswalk, except for Kaya. Kaya always looks the same. Yeah. Kaya looks consistent. Teferi looks pretty consistent. Chandra looks like a different person every fucking time. Like, just. But, but, but Teferi is cheating because they just took a high school picture of Idris Elba, and that's just him. Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah it's like every time they're like all right i want you to draw to fairy this is his face <laughs> there he is and like i mean gideon's kind of consistent but he's just like basically big white dude even though he's not really white but like he's he's, he's not really he's, he's basically white big dude yeah he's like big he, dude he, and here is and here is here is the code for what color for his skin you use on Illustrator, and then just draw a big dude and make sure his skin is that color. He sometimes he's a little bit more tan, yeah. like when he was on Amonkhet. <laughs> <laughs> it's reasonable, reasonable, right? But you'll get like Liliana, you'll get like Liliana the Veil, <laughs> and then you'll get like Liliana like when she's <laughs> fucking Professor Onyx. You're like, who the fuck? 
<laughs> Gideon is basically the only character with normal skin. Because his skin color actually changes depending on where he is. Mm-hmm. And like, Chandra's always just like beyond white. Just like Jace. You think they just avoid... Maybe the multiverse has really good sunblock. I mean... Probably. Look, it, like if, Ravn- if, Ravnica has killer sunblock. And once you learn to planeswalk, you could... You you have the ability to planeswalk to other universes at like a whim. I'm assuming you're magical enough to not get a sunburn too. That's just <laughs> I can I can I can have my plausible deniability. <laughs> could you could you imagine their shopping list contains what multi what universe they need to go to in order to buy this? Fuck! I bought oh, no, wait, my you can't, fucking you can't take a lot of stuff across. <laughs> well, well, the currency is probably a nightmare. Do you, how, how many times do you think Jace looks in his pocket and he's like? Fuck! All I have <laughs> is money for his wallet with like seventeen different pockets for different currencies. I just imagine. Do you accept credit card? He takes out his he takes out his coins. Imagine when he got banished to Ixalan and he had fucking where was he? At? Where was he before Ixalan? Uh, Amonkhet. Okay, he pulls out like money from Amonkhet out of his pocket when he's on Ixalan. He's like, "The fuck is this?" Because <laughs> you know. He doesn't remember who he is. Yeah, and then he goes there and he like wants to pay for something and like he gets out his wallet and he pays and they're all like, where the fuck did you get this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> Looks like money. I don't even know who I am. <laughs> it's, it's the Thanos meme, but it's Jace talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> you took all my normal money. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> It's it's old Chase. It's like the original art, the OG art from fucking uh, what's it called, uh, Mind Sculptor. And then it's sexy Jace going, I don't even know who you are. I'm gonna make the stupid me now. <laughs> right. Check out Brad uh, at Bratsifer on Twitter later. <laughs> Gotta do it. <laughs> fucking do it again. But we've still got a lot of Midnight Hunt to cover. So. Let's move on to <clears throat> Torrens, Fist of the Angels. Well, here's one of your very good three-mana humans. <coughs> um, <coughs> so he's a three-mana... Well, Brad dies. Uh, I can see on camera, as long as he's still alive, the moment he, like, falls over and, like, you know... When, when I'm blue, um, no. Yeah. Um, so he's one green-white, legendary creature, human cleric, training. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 green and white human soldier creature token with training. This is just like the perfect like one-off because he's legendary in your Coco deck. And you Coco into him and you're like, nice! <laughs> Let's nice. do some Monastery Mentor stuff. Man. I think this card's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, This would definitely make it in my list. Maybe it ends up being a one-drop. Maybe it's a two-drop, a two-off if it's good enough. Um... You know where this goes? Well. Hero. I mean. Uh, you just have to go like, too a, bad. like a creature heavy version of hero. It's too bad at least Celestia because this would be a very good card in elves. You can play Abzan elves. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of mana just to get this white dude that's a human. 
can't even like unclaimed territory. I mean, un- you can you can name human on unclaimed territory uh, in your elf deck, but that's <laughs> we're, we're going to bite we're you back in the to ass. the old spirits mana base where you have to name wizard sometimes. <laughs> like bird, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of spirits, voice of the blessed. Look at this motherfucker. I know I just skipped the big old dragon, but we'll get there back in a second. Uh, voice of the there's three bangers right in a row one you hate because it's orzov but fuck you anyway for playing grixis and not playing good colors voice of hey. the blessed white and a white for a two that's the guy who likes player. to play mono red yeah it's a great color <laughs> hey i'm not if you don't I, like splashing white hey but we both we both don't like putting white in our decks. No, 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 no. You I, don't want to go Boris with your red deck. No. I don't want to go Esper with my Demir deck. I have a perfectly good reason for not going Boros for my red deck, okay? It's because all of my Boros lands are in my hammer deck, okay? Good reason. That's a great reason. And the other reason is I want to play Rampaging Ferocidon and Chandra Torture Defiance in my red deck in Torbran and not play Luris. And I want to, you could play the new Chandra. I, I could. I'm going to try her. Uh, but Voice of the Blessed is a double white 2-2 spirit cleric that says whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on Voice of the Blessed. As long as Voice of the Blessed has four or more plus one plus one counters on it, it has flying and vigilance. Oh, and by the way, as long as it has ten or more fucking plus one plus one counters, it has indestructible. You want a 12-12? <laughs> a flying 12-12 of vigilance? It, 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 yeah, go fuck yourself. This is awesome. I love this card. I don't give a fuck if it's good. It's great. It's it's for all intents and purposes a uh, better Ajani's primate. Yeah. Now Which, we just need the monk. Yeah, we need well, uh we got the the soul sister in uh, the previous set. Yeah, but no, we the need the one mana dude with disturb. Yeah, but we need uh, we need the the one I want Sarah's monk. ascendant. Yeah. Flying monk. Uh, that one's pretty sweet too. But we've got a soul sister now. You could play this also with like a Johnny's Welcome, which is kind of a soul sister, but then it's not a body. Um, and I mean, it's better than like the one mana one one that taps to gain one life, which you played in the standard deck at the time. Yeah. Um, I think that was actually my highest rank on Arena ever, playing Orzov Life Gain in that standard format. I have no idea how it did so well. Um, but anyway, this card's pretty good. Um, it is once it's got ten or more counters on it, it's got indestructible. I I don't think that's very relevant. It, it is a flying um, twelve twelve at that point. When it was an yeah. eleven eleven, it could still get fatal push though. So true. Um, but the fact that it eventually gets evasion uh, is super nice. Um, oh, because that's definitely a thing with that deck where like your pride mate just doesn't have evasion and it just gets chum blocked for a couple of turns till someone finds their fatal push. Could you play this card and just very slightly alter the way you build Featherless Feather and Boros Aggro? Because you already played Gird for Battle and stuff. Couldn't you just skew a bit more into the counter synergies? And just be like, I'm going to turbo out this thing to be a big-ass boy and not really I care about the I don't think it's worth it. I can, I can see where you're going for, right? You don't need to just gain life mm-hmm. in order to put a bunch of counters on this. Yeah. Um, and Gird for Battle puts two, right? Yeah, so... But Gird for Battle has to be spread, right? No. Or can you put both on one creature? You can... I'm pretty sure you can put both on one creature. 
I don't think you can. I think it's put a 1-1 one, one counter on up to two target creatures. On each of up to two creatures. Yeah, you're right. What's the one I'm thinking of? There's one that you can put two... Oh, no. Um, you remember, you remember, you, I just remembered. It, uh, I played Merfolk in Standard. There's, I played the counter variant of it, and there's a Merfolk card for two mana where you can put a counter on it and then put another counter if it's a Merfolk. Like, put a, a uh. counter on target creature and then target Merfolk. Oh, um, God, it's the river's blessing. It's got the frog, got the dude and the frog on the art. Yeah. The two mana instant. Yeah. yeah. God, I, I hate the Merfolk on Ixalan. I hate him. I hate looking at them. I hate the art. I'm racist against Tropical the fish. Merfolks. Uh, at least Ixalan Merfolk. You prefer, you prefer the Lorwyn uh, Merfolk? Ones. Uh, I prefer no Merfolk at all, if I'm going to be honest. I, it's my <laughs> least favorite tribe. I think it's so boring. It's like, cool, fish people. <laughs> like, you know, good for you. They suck. <laughs> Sorry. Fair. In literally um, every format. Uh, anyway. Mana form Hellkite. Uh, it's one we skipped. Though the discard's particularly great, but I don't want to touch it because I think it's really cool. Uh, two red red for a 4-4 four, four Dargon with flying. When he's, you cast a non-creature... Yes. When you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX red dragon illusion creature token with flying and haste, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. So just... Big dragon that makes you more dragons. It's kind of cool. Um, there are a whole bunch of dragons on Innistrad that interact with instant and sorceries in some way. I think there's like three or four somehow. There's, what's, what's the Morrowind dragon? There's Mirror, mirror Wing, mirror I wing. think, which is like whenever you cast something, you also target that. I think that's what it is. That one sucked. Um, yeah, but it's cool. Yeah. That card's really cool. This card's really cool. I think there was one on the original Innistrad 2, so that makes it three. Um, we need Niv-Mizzet yeah. to come to Innistrad. He'll be right at home they, with all uh, the dragons. True. And they all care about instant sorceries, which most other dragons don't. Oh, he's here, and like finally some people share his interest. And he's like, they go for a drink, it's like, God, I love instant sorceries. And they're like, oh my god, me too. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a fucking war in the background with vampires, werewolves, and humans. And they're like, hey, yeah, we can fly We away. can fly. Then the card that makes about. me angry. Yeah. Path of Peril. One black black for a cleave card. Sorcery. Destroy all creatures with mana value two or less. You could pay six mana, cleave, and it becomes destroy all creatures. Problem is, someone at Wizards decided that this cleave cost should be Orzov. So it's four white black to destroy all creatures. And I have no fucking clue why. There is no reason this card is Orzov. It doesn't gain you life. It doesn't do anything with, like, exiling or spirits or what the fuck ever. And it's not like black cards can't say destroy all creatures. So this was just made white just because. I, I would also like to point out that, like, it. I think this is the only Orzov card we've gotten through all the spoilers on Innistrad, by the way. 
I think this is quite literally the only Orzov card in Honestly, the entire Honestly, so they made this Orzov for the fucking Orzov quotum. It's like, well, we need an X amount of multicolored cards, so I guess this is it. It's like, it, it's... And it's so stupid. White gets so many sweep. Like, if you're playing a white deck and you want a sweeper, there is literally a better one in this set. Like, you just go the invitation-only one. You probably don't even play this card. And frankly, I don't even think you play this in a black base control deck. I'm just pissed off I can't test it. Like, I love this design. This was finally a cleave where I'm like, oh, this cleave's really cool. And then it's Orzov, and it's like, I guess I'm never casting it. I, I say it's the only or, or the only Orzov card to be printed so far, and I scroll up, and we've gotten a the only other Orzov card spoiled, like, just a few minutes ago. Oh, well, um, we'll get to it, it. It's a bad vampire, who cares? I don't even want to fucking talk oh, about it. Oh, hooray. Um, then we've got Dawnheart Geist, uh, one on a blue, uh, one on a white for a Spirit Warlock. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you gain two life. It's one three, pretty good defensive card out of an enchantress deck. Um, this one's cool. Concealing curtains, one black for an O four wall. You could play two in a black, transform concealing curtain, activate only as a sorcery. It becomes a three four with menace with awesome art. Um, when this creature transforms uh, into Revealing Eye, which is the name of the backside, uh, target opponent reveals their hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. If you do, that player discards that card, then draws a card. That it is pretty cool. It's a defensive option. You get to kind of Vendillion click your opponent uh, with transformation. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Pretty yeah, good. I like, like the card. Good wall early. We talked about the turtle in the past showing up at some decks. The only downside is the fact that when it flips, um, they draw a replacement card for the card that you get rid of their uh, their hand. Yeah, but if you're 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 on you're <coughs> flipping this when you're on the lookout for something. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, don't want you to have that. True. I could genuinely see this being like a defensive card in some sort of combo deck. Where you're like it's where it fills a bit of a role like Grazer does, but like, you know, you want to have this wall early, but then you're looking to go off next turn and it's like, hey, let's have a look at your hand, right? I don't want you to have that Dovin's Veto because it messes up my combo. Get rid of that. And in the meantime, I didn't die to whatever else you were doing because I don't know for. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the mythic enchantment? Um, is even any good? Um, maybe. I, I completely forgot to read this. I've seen the art. So, hey, li we're doing it live. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Um, Hallowed Haunting, two white-white enchantment. As long as you control seven or more enchantments, creatures you control are flying and vigilance. Oh, I hate it already. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a white spirit cleric power... Uh, Spirit creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of spirits you control. So it's kind of like Sigil of the Empty Throne. But cheaper. But cheaper, but the spirits don't start off larger, but once you've got a lot of them, they get, I don't know, it, it's probably very similar to Sigil of the Empty Throne. So this is, this is fine. This card isn't that bad, but 
I don't think the problem with an Enchantress deck is that Sigil of the Empty Throne should cost one mana less. don't think that was the problem with those cards. Does Murmuring Mystic make bird illusions or bird spirits? I think it's spirits. All right, I think it's illusions, actually. Um, yeah, one, one blue bird illusions. Is there anything that makes... Or like, like spirit tokens consistently because like fuck the enchantment thing I just want to have a bunch of spirits yeah but you need to cast an enchantment spell to get those clerics no 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 um, I mean oh yeah you're right You that's true that's true fuck huh uh I'm 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 never gonna play this card. I don't even know why I'm even thinking about it. All right, moving on. <laughs> One of the many three drops for zombies. <clears throat> God. Arch Ghoul Throbin. What does it do? He's a three-two for three. Whenever he uh whether he or another zombie you control dies. Not an ETB. That bitch has to die. You look at the top card of your library. If it's a zombie card, you can reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put that card into your hand, you can put it into your graveyard. So it's surveil for zombies into your hand when things die. Now, this card says when it enters a battlefield or another zombie you control enters a battlefield and did that, I'd be like, yes, play this card. Because it says dies, fuck this card. It's not what zombies needs. It's Yeah, it's, it's the standard thing. Right? Zombies have 17,000 cards that are good when zombies die. Yeah. Like, cool. you, yeah okay it's it's, well, it's, it's just, not bad if, if we make this one type of avenue or of like uh, how we make this tribe function 80,000 different ways surely eventually <clears throat> the tribe will be good right nope <clears throat> it's like give me what's what's a good example of a tribe that like was stuck in like a, a certain play style but they changed it a little bit. Vampires. Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay, that Soren doesn't count, though, because it's because of Soren, right? True. But, like, I mean, that was a three drop. They changed that tribe completely by putting a three drop in the game. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we, what if we got, like, a Liliana three drop? Like, what if, what if the, uh, what if that four drop Liliana that cared about zombies and shit was actually a three drop? Like the one from your grave, like uh, the one that can cast I mean, from graveyard. Again, she fuels your graveyard and lets you cast zombies from your graveyard, which is like nothing new. Yeah. So it's like, here's zombies doing more zombie things. It's like, okay. Cool, I guess. Let's play Demir zombies and give them flying with the new Gerald dude. Uh. Well, we'll get to him soon enough. Um, actually, suppose we'll get to him now. Um, Gerald, Visionary Stitcher, Tuna, Tuna and a Blue for a 1-4. Legendary creature, human wizard. Zombies you control have flying. One blue, tap him. Sacrifice another non-token creature. Create an XX blue zombie creature token where X is the sacrifice creature's toughness. Why is this non-token? I want to sacrifice my decay zombies. Soltai zombies and I Coco into this and rotting Regisar. And it flies. 
actually I, I got a, a seven six flying dino holy shit you only need to pay four mana and hit the perfect other card to go with it you're almost there oh that's okay actually brad i've got i've got a better one for you what end step hit two regisaurs untap play this feels good now you've got 14 power worth of flying I, boys I think, and no hand. I think we're I think we're winning though. <laughs> Until my we opponents be plays, they play settle the wreckage, and I'm like, son, son fuck. Fuck. Oh no. Oh, but hold on. Hey, Alex, we're playing a zombie deck, which means our graveyard matters because that's a zombie thing to do. So that the cards you're discarding can actually come back out. Because <laughs> I hey. I discarded my one drop that recurs itself. Red Wanderer. Are we building a deck here? Nope. Um Let's speed up, give it a pace a little bit. Uh, these are all um, bad. Um, oh yeah, oh, you want to talk about the the white card? Yeah, fuck this card. A uh, cemetery protector <laughs> two uh, and two white. It's four mana flash three four. When cemetery protector enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard. Whenever you play a land or cast a spell, if it shares a card type with the exile card, create a one one human creature token. Okay, design space really fucking cool. Problem with this card. Let's just fast forward a bit. We're going to skip ahead a little bit to go ahead and show you a card that we get a couple days later. Um, and that one is called... The green one. Where, Cemetery I... Prowler. One green green. So it's one and a less. For a wolf with vigilance, three, four. So one and a less, same stats. Whenever Cemetery Prowler enters the battlefield or attacks... Exile a card from a graveyard. Spells you cast costs one less to cast for each card, uh, for each card type they share with cards exiled with Cemetery Prowler. So Alex, do Just you want the same card but better? Yeah. Do you want a four mana non cokeable three four with flash that you can ambush someone that's double white and a card that you really don't want to play that often and a tribe that doesn't want to actually be at four mana because you want to be cokeable or at more aggro and only do the thing when it enters the battlefield exile a card from a graveyard. Let's compare the other one real quick. It's enter the battlefield or when it attacks. So it's like Death Court Scavenger but better. And then would you rather have every time it does that you get I mean a 1-1 one, one and it's also vigilance. Another card. Oh yeah, it's a it's a nice a nice body to attack. 3-4 is respectable um, and it stays back as a great blocker and it reduced the... Would you rather get a 1-1 one, one conditionally if you play a card that matches the type that you exiled, or would you rather reduce the cost of the type? I mean, the nuts is like, I flash in my four drop human, I exile a croxan, then I play like three humans in a turn and get three tokens. And that's pretty good. Um, but you can give the cemetery prowler flash because you can cocoa into it, which basically gives it flash. Mm -hmm. um, and especially the fact that it only enters on ATB. I think that is the main problem. The human should have also done it on attack. Just like Sun Gold Sentinel did in the last set. Yeah. Which was also Graveyard Hate. Which I would rather play like, that as the that. human choice of like this type of effect than this Yeah, one. that too. Like, why would I play this card if Sun Gold Sentinel exists? You know, do I want the occasional 1-1? One -one, or do I want a more efficient body, Graveyard Hate on attacking... And the ability to give to protect the card, the single sentinel was cover, not two, to protect itself for two mana from it basically protection. 
Do I want all of that? Or do I want Flash? And the occasional 1-1? One -one? No. It's just... It's so strange, especially just the fact that that thing doesn't also do an all attack. Because mm -hmm. then, I think it would be very cool. Because they're flashing it in, you know, exile creature, attack you, exile a land, alright, second main phase, play a land, play a bunch of creatures, and now I've made, like, an army in a can. It's like, that's cool. Yeah. But, because it doesn't do that, the graveyard hate is so, like, the graveyard hate is so minimal that I don't really see why you'd play it ever. Yeah, it, and cost reduction is extremely powerful too. Let's not forget that. Um, I will say though, one card I do want to talk about really quick is Pack Song Pup. If we do play a werewolf deck or a wolf deck, I actually think this card's pretty fucking good. It's a two mana one one wolf. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control another wolf or werewolf, you put a counter on it, and then when it dies, you gain life equal to its power. Uh, this this little boy's gonna grow. And, um, uh, by the time it attacks, it's probably 3-3. Three, three, yeah. Decent. Um, comes in. It grows to a 2-2. Two, two. Next turn, it should become a 3-3. Three, three. Um, I think this is a pretty good card. Like, it's very I mean, straightforward. Works in the tribe. In, were in werewolves slash wolves, it's yeah, of fine. It's, it's, it's reasonable filler. Right? I, this is not one of your all-stars. It's not a draw to your deck. But when it's surrounded by a bunch of good cards, I think like the two drop from Adventures into Forgotten Realms, mm -hmm. then, you know, this is this is a decent support cast. This at least makes it so the deck isn't like dragged down by some yeah. of the other inklings. But sometimes good decks need a card like this because obviously if I'm going against you and I'm playing a werewolf deck, right? Or a wolf deck, and you're playing your control deck and you have Fatal Push, you have removal, right? You don't want to use Fatal Push on this. It kind of feels bad. You're like, fuck. You'd rather be using it on my more powerful cards that you know I have. So if I have a board with like this and two other good cards that are pushable and you have to choose something, this is still fine to be left alone because you, I punish you for not wanting to kill the thing that's you know on paper not as good as my other shit because it's true, but you still get punished by it eventually being a 5-5 five, five and a 6-6, six, six, something like that down the road. Because you're like, I'll, I'll yeah, deal with it but, later. But like, then I would rather have a card that is just as good as those other cards that my opponent would rather fatal push. And like, yeah, that. this is gonna this is gonna stick around because it's probably the worst card in your deck, but it's still pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Which is like fine. Right? It's like it it's good that and I've there's I think there's another card that comes up later where like if you're trying to play a wolf or a werewolf deck and you're forced to play this card just to fill out your deck, you're not too unhappy about it. Whereas, like, if you try and build Pioneer Merfolk, half your deck just consists of terrible cards. Because you literally just need cards with the word where, uh, Merfolk in the creature line. And that just makes you sad. <clears throat> and playing Paxong Pup in a deck might not make you sad. Also because he's cute. You know what's not going to make me sad? It's going to make me really happy to play this card. Well, I, think it's, I think it's such a fucking cool card. It's Dreadfast Demon. Or Dreadfeast Demon. This thing is so stupid. It's so big. It's so unnecessary. It's not good. But it's awesome. It's the 7 mana 5 and double black for a flying demon. 
Uh, the fact that it's not a flample demon kind of pisses me off. That's, that, that's the staple of demons. Should always have flample, but whatever. It's a 6-6. Six, six. That's the staple of demons. Um, at the beginning of your end step, sacrifice a non-demon creature. If you do, create a token that's a copy of Dreadfeast Demon. Uh, can we, wait, yeah, on. you're going to have a lot of Dreadfeast Demons on your board. What's, what's the... Hold on, can we cheat this? With, um... What's it called? What's the, uh, the one drop? Shadowboard Apostle? Yeah. Is that even legal in Pioneer? I th thought it was. I mean, you need six of them anyway. Yeah, it is. It is legal. It's, it's from M14. Pretty hard to cheat, though. You need six of those on the battlefield, and then sec that, and you bring out Dreadfest Demon, and then... If you're playing a Shadowboard Apostle deck, you're playing one black, you're searching out Razakath, and you're finding the rest of your deck. True. Maybe a better way to. I, I want to. Oh, 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 yeah. Blood for Bones. We're playing a Blood for Bones deck. Oh, there it is. Not bad. There's actually a deck that's a card that could come up in a second that you could also cheat it in with. Uh, I want to go back a little bit and just quickly touch on Ulvenwald Oddity. Um, yeah. Which I think is just a super cool card. Uh, four mana four four for a beast with trample and haste. Uh, it's it's uh, two double green. 4-4, four, four, Trample, be Haste, Beast. For 7 mana, you transform Ulvenwald Oddity into Ulvenwald Behemoth, which is an 8-8 eight, eight with Trample and Haste. Other creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1, Trample and Haste. So, the front side is... Gotta say it again, it's pretty good rate. 4-4, uh, four, four, Trample, Haste, just good, fat aggro creature. But then it is an pretty incredible mana sink like if you pay that seven this card flips and your opponent doesn't like you know kill it in response or whatever uh yeah game over this card's way too big um everything that enters after this card enters is immediately a huge threat mm -hmm. um you know you might be able to transform this for seven and then i'm thinking this is not in like some generic aggro deck but probably something that goes a little bit bigger I don't know, imagine paying the 7 and then you pay an additional this, 2, drop a Galta, should, which is a 13-13 haste now. I mean, this should really... This should go in Gruul. Because what's a card that we are talking about that it was in the 4-drop slot that Gruul doesn't play? We thought that was kind of a little bit weird, but we, we made sense of it. It was Questing Beast, right? Questing Beast is a legendary. Yeah. You don't want multiples of this. This you can run as a 4 of. It's 4-4 four, for four, 4, Trample Haste. It's statted nicely already. You can get it down on turn 3 pretty easily. Um, then on top of that, getting to seven mana in a gruel deck with your dorks and stuff is not that hard. I, I would like it in like a storm the festival type of green deck. True. Where like you can hit it off storm the festival, but because you're playing storm the festival, you probably want to go up to pretty high land count because you, you want to be able to, you know, cast these expense or high land count or a bunch of ramp or a bunch of dorks, like whatever. Yeah. But when you hit the Storm the Festival, which is seven, next turn, uh, that, which is six, you pay the seven, this flips, got your big boy, your next Storm the Festival probably instantly ends the game. If it didn't end already, your dorks are actual threats now, etc., etc. That thing's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's just a good card. <clears throat> um, there's Alpac Piper. Can't be countered. Thought that was hilarious. Also, you can just drop shit into play. 
fun. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of with this, um, with like the Dreadfest demon. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Hold on. So, hold on. Then, then, then I just, don't I, I just play, um... Oh, you gotta drop something bigger in a blade and a demon, I think, but... Yeah, I know, no, 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 but there's another card I can just play instead that's Pioneer Legal from, uh, the, 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 the from Amonkhet. Elvish Piper isn't, right? No, Amonkhet. Oh. You go and look that one up, I'll read this card out. Okay. Holpec, Holpec Piper. Three and a green. Creature, human, werewolf. This spell can be countered. One green, tap... You may put a creature card from your hand on the battlefield. Under, sorry, you may put a creature card from your hand uh, onto the battlefield. Untap Halpak Piper if it's a wolf or a werewolf. Activate only as a sorcery. Now that's daybound. It's also nightbound. Um, it's a four mana four four creature werewolf. When this card enters the battlefield or transforms into Wild Tune Howler. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from uh, from them and put it into your hand. So, front side, put your big boys into play. Back side, find your big boys. Pretty cool card. Um, oh, you're you're thinking of Champion of Ronas. Yeah, which is exerting and stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. They both, they cost four, they take a little Similar bit. idea. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's anything better than that. Uh, <laughs> there's Minion of the Mighty if you want to make a dragon in. Um, oh, oh, yeah, that happened to me last time I played Arena. Minion of the Mighty? Someone with Minion of the Mighty, Giant Growth, um, some other pump spell swing me, uh, swung at me, dropped an old Gnollbone, created 13 treasures. Um, Played a what's a giant dragon for seven seven? It attacks this whole bunch. I fucking love. Yeah, Drakuseth. so they went turn one minion of the mighty. I went turn one whatever, like a tapped land or something. They went all right, pump pump attack, play Nullbone, sack seven treasures, Drakusev pass, and it was I was on turn two. I was like, yeah, you got this. Passed back to them, let them do their thing, and then I died. <laughs> Pretty that's, spectacular. That's amazing. Anyway, um, oh, oh, I, now the I, card I you it, mentioned. I have it. I have it. I oh. figured it out. Your opponent plays Divine Gambit, and then you can cheat your demon into play. Hey, perfect. Uh, just find a way for your opponent to cast that on you. Mm -hmm. Like Hive Mind shenanigans. Uh, All right, Resistance Squads. We already talked about this, but I'll read it out real quick. Two and a white creature, human soldier, 3 2. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, if you control another human, draw a card. This is pretty nice if you're playing this in a human deck to have like a couple of mutavolts sneaking around in your mana base. Um, that's going to be very helpful in making this card tick. Um, and this is the one with the uh, stupid Olivia flavor text. It's not that I didn't expect some defiance, but I did hope it wouldn't be so heavily armed. It's like you're in a castle. You should. You're also a fucking. These things vampire. are. These things are built to like defend. The, also, you can fly. I mean, look, man, when your weakness is garlic and steaks, like, uh, you should probably expect, <laughs> you know, expect some shit. Sorry. God, that would be hilarious if they just all came. I, I just want an art of, like, a little boy throwing an onion at Olivia, and she looks like uh, garlic at Olivia, and she just looks terrified on the picture. If I go crazy, ah! then will you still call me Superman? 
Yeah, that, that's fucking Um, funny. I wonder how many chefs have been fired in that castle because they accidentally put garlic in the dish. Well, they could be fired because whoever ate it died. I mean, I think the second they bring the dish out, they can just... Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> do you think vampires... Do you think vampires are kind of like sharks with like, they could smell blood like five miles away in, in, in water where they can smell <laughs> garlic five miles away? It's like, can't, can't go over there. <laughs> So, next card I want to touch on is Scattered Thoughts, which I think is a very interesting card um, for Pioneer, given, like, the meta right now, what's going on, etc. So, Scattered Thoughts is four mana, three and a blue, or an instant. Look at the top four cards of your library, put two of them into your hand, rest goes into your graveyard. Very similar to Memory Deluge, but Memory Deluge puts the other two in the bottom of your library. But obviously that has the upside that it get like flashback for seven and then it's like a dig through time. I actually feel like in the current meta, Scattered Thoughts might actually be better than Memory Deluge. If you're playing a control deck and you want to like add another draw spell that isn't dig through time. So my current list, I'm running three dig through time and two Memory Deluge. And I actually think in my list, Scattered Thoughts is better than Memory Deluge. And, you know, it might sound weird because you're like, Memory Deluge is almost like this card with flashback. But in the games where your opponents don't have graveyard hate, Memory Deluge is kind of unnecessary, the flashback, because Torrential Gearhawk, Dig Through Time, all the shenanigans, um, you don't really need that extra flashback value. I end up exiling the card a lot in order to just pay for a delve. This card fuels your dig through time better. Um, anyway, um, so it's got the flashback that you don't really need. Uh, in the games where you do get hated out, the card isn't as good because you, um, you know, if you're under arrest in peace, well, goes to exile anyway. Right, so then Scattered Thoughts and Memory Deluge are kind of the same card. Um, but when your opponent has some other cards of hate, for example, um, if you have, um, whatchamacallit, uh, if your opponent Spell Quellers, your Scattered Thought, you kill the Spell Queller, you actually get to cast the card. Memory Deluge, you don't actually get to cast it because you've spent zero mana on it. Same for Gearhawk. If there's no dig through time in your graveyard and there's a memory deluge in your graveyard, that's not actually a card you can flash back with your torrential gear hook. But in those games where I just mentioned, like that doesn't really always matter, because once you find your first dig through time, you're probably gonna like churn through basically your entire deck, chaining gear hooks and um dig through times together. I would rather have the draw spell that fuels my dig. So in game one. If your opponent doesn't have any disruption, I don't need the value on Memory Deluge. I'd rather just fuel my yard. So pre-game, I actually think Scattered Thoughts is already a little bit better. But then you might be able to flash it back, blah, 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 the Memory Deluge. But post-board, once your opponent is hating out you, maybe they have like a rest in peace in their deck. Playing that Memory Deluge on turn four... And having it sit around to the point where you can flash it back before your opponent eats it with a cling to dust, eats it with 
you know, that new wolf that's come out, whatever, doesn't happen very often. A Clothis, whatever, is going to very quickly eat that memory deluge. You don't get that value. But quickly filling up your yard once and getting off that first dig through time before the rest in peace hits, before the Clothis starts eating away at your graveyard, I want more of that. And I actually think Scattered Thoughts is better for that. So very specifically, in this meta, for the time being, while we still have Dig Through Time, I think this card might actually beat out Memory Deluge. That was a long bet. I have no reason to argue that. <laughs> and, so I, and I'm actually excited for this. The only things I can add to that conversation is the fact that the two cards next to Scatter Thoughts are reprints that I think are cool. Uh, Syncopate is uh, really look, cool looking art, and then uh, I love a braid. So, welcome back. Oh, that new Syncopate art is sick. It's a really nice throwback to the original one. There's the card to the other side of Scatter Thoughts that is a four mana card that draws you cards, which I hate. <laughs> we saw the Morrow teaser, and he said, when a human you control dies, and I said, please let it be draw a card. When I thought that, I didn't expect it to be a four mana enchantment that basically does nothing else. The only extra thing it does is when a creature you control the one one counter on it dies, you gain two life. Yippee. Man. Man, I'm sad. <laughs> this is so bad. They're annoyed by that, but... A very good card, I think, too, is Retrieve, which I don't know. It We've had so many cards like this. Is this a reprint? I don't think it is, right? No. Um, retrieve. Two and a green for sorcery. Return up to one target creature card and up to one target non-creature permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Exile Retrieve. This is This is kind of just like... Having two of these stapled together for only three mana, I think is very good. I think we generally, if we see two, it's like four mana, or you've got the front half, it's got like a kicker or a flashback, and you end up paying quite a bit. I don't think we've seen it yet, where like with very little restriction, it's just three mana, get two things. I think a Balgad recovery. Do we want this over Balgad recovery and like Lotus? No, and Lotus, because this is a creature card and a non-creature permanent card, and I think Balagat Recovery, you could just grab anything. You could, like, yeah, it's grab a card. A I, I had a pages. major brain fart. Um, forgot what deck um, I was talking about. What deck do you want this I'm in? thinking... Like a rock-style deck? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think in, like, a rock-style, so without where you're, like, maybe you've got some Planeswalkers, or there's, maybe like, a important deck. lands in your deck, some Delirium deck, um... In a deck like that, I think this can be really sweet. Like, I know it's almost impossible to find a room for this, but, like, I'm thinking, like, mono green Planeswalkers, where there's, like, you can cast this and, like, grab a Nissa and a Vorinclex, and it's like, is that not just the best goddamn divination you've ever cast in your life? Like, if you cast that card, you end up with a Vorinclex and a Nissa in your hand. That is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to refuel. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good way to review your hand. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. What? Do we get to talk about Cultivator Colossus now? Oh, yeah. yeah that is our card in between. That, that is a card. Oh, I love this card so much. But you can read it out. I've been talking a lot. 
Cultivator Colossus is seven mana, four and three green for a star star plant beast. Should have been an elemental. Fuck you, wizards, for not making this an elemental. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Just say it's a plant beast elemental. I don't give a shit. We've we've seen three creature types. We yeah. did an all night core. Give it seven. It's an elemental. I don't care. It has travel though. Cultivator Colossus's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. When Cultivator Colossus enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you do, draw a card and repeat this process. Hey Alex, do you like playing lands and drawing cards? Oh, I so want to play like a 44 land deck with this. Like, I can't <gasps> wait. I have, uh, all right. I have a good Credit. one. I have a really good one. This is, you're going you're gonna to love it. All right, you go is. first. Okay. You play gates with the guild gate enchantment, and then you basically you keep drawing. Um, Does it work? No. Why doesn't it work? It's the same reason it doesn't work with bounce lands. So <gasps> the way this card is worded, it says it's not when a land enters the battlefield, draw a card, whatever, you could do this again. Um, it says when it enters the battlefield, you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. If you do, draw a card and repeat this process. Yeah. That means you do this thing of draw a card, play a land. Draw a card, play a land. And that is an uninterrupted thing that you're doing. Oh. So any triggers, you can do that and drop like seven gates and then, all right, I'm done. Okay, cool. Seven triggers. You draw seven additional cards. But now you're done making land drops. Same with a lot of people thought it worked with bounce lands. They're like, oh, this is insane and amulet titan. Because you just draw your entire deck. Okay, so I, I but, still get the trigger, though, from the guild summit. Yeah, you get the gates after, you get the triggers yeah, afterwards. Fine. So your guild I'm, summit I'm cool, still draws I'm you cool a billion cards. I'm with cultivate. I'm, I'm not caring about but going you're into not infinite. I'm drawing about, your whole deck. Yeah, but I'm, I'm drawing probably like 15 cards at that point. <laughs> yeah. No, I love this in... There are some other ways to go about this, but uh, Risen had a really funny idea with this. And you basically go... Uh, ideally, but this would be, you go four, um, what is it? Four, um, indomitable creativity. Mm. X equals two. The rest of your deck is lands. And you can, you can have fewer creativity, but you could also have like a couple cards left in your hand, knowing you can do this. I think you need three other lands in your hand if you do that. Creativity equals two. Find this card. And Thassa's Oracle, draw your and put draw your entire deck. Cultivator Colossus trigger is over. Thassa's Oracle trigger hits the stack. You win. Feels like a uh, treasure hunt. Like as far as like mulliganing goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you just heart mulligan into like you need like everything to be. You just need this card, Thassa's Oracle, four Dwarven Mine, and like. What is that? Math? 54 mountains? And that's your deck. And you hope you're not dead on turn 5. And that you've drawn 2 Dwarven Mine. So no, it's bad, but it was hilarious. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm super excited for this card because I, I have no idea what you could even build with this deck, if this is even going to be good. Uh, just the idea of you play this big guy, you just go draw, land, draw, land, draw, land, draw, land, draw, land, draw like 15 cards next turn you've got 22 mana oh and this does go infinite with abundance by the way but that's not yeah. legal i believe 
Not in this uh, one. Nope. But I own a commander, I guess. I, I do own an abundance. So I could do that yeah, in me commander. Too. Um, but I don't know. And I am also just mostly excited for this card in commander because I have my Mayel tribal deck, which is five power plus. Mm. And at this point, I need, I have 34 slots in this deck for creatures with power five or greater. I have a pile of 70 creatures. And every time I start a game, I shuffle that pile of 70 creatures without looking, put 34 to the side, and that completes my commander deck. I don't look. And it's just an assortment of random big dudes, and this is going to be one of my favorite ones to shuffle into that pile. It's just cool. Big boy. You could do something funky with this. Again, Indomitable Creativity is one way to go. You can also just play a very large amount of lands and have some sort of win condition related to that. You could play a ramp deck and run like a 40 land ramp deck. Like, yeah, it's not always gonna draw your entire deck, but keep in mind, if you cast this card and there's like two or three lands left in your deck, uh, in your hand, sorry, you're gonna go very deep if you've got a high land count. Because every time you draw a land, you just play that one. You draw a non-land, well, I still had three lands left, so I'll play one of those. All right, draw a card, it's a land, put it on the battlefield. Draw a card, it's a land, put it on the battlefield. Draw a card. Not a land. All right, we'll... Whatever. And that's just super cool. You can build something funky with this. I can't wait to either lose with this or lose to this. <laughs> Probably both. Brad, what the hell did you send me? Uh, a wonderful tweet from April King saying, I don't understand why they stopped at Cleave when there are so many control characters they could use on magic cards and they have a, a fake card of Dig Up where it's Cleave, <laughs> Sever, and Hue. Sever is remove the words in braces. Hue is remove the words in backslashes. So it has Search Your Library 4A and then it has all of it. Oh, and then non-legendary <laughs> land card reveal it put it into your end the shovel and gain six life then lose two life then lose two life and then lose two life and then lose two life <laughs> oh my god see we're running with it alright right. other cool card inspired idea Brad I think it's it good to me. I think it's good uh, inspired idea three mana two and a blue has a cleave cost of three and double blue. Draw three cards. Your maximum hand size reduced by three for the rest of the game. Uh, and that's the one that's in brackets. So you can pay five to draw three for no drawback. Um, no pun intended. Or you can pay three to draw three and then lose three cards less of your maximum hand size. I think this card's pretty good. I, it's a sorcery, which kind of sucks. I wish it was. I instant. really wish this was an instant. This would have been such a cool instant. But I think this is nice to run of, like, as a one of. I don't think you need to run very yeah. much more than that. Um, people are like, well, I don't want to have only four cards in my hand. I mean, like, eh, it's not going to kill you. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. It's you very rarely play games of magic where you don't, where you've got seven cards in your hand, where you're not massively ahead. Yeah. Except for like control mirrors, which is just draw, go, draw, go, draw, go for the first 15 turns of the game. And then at one point you're staring at each other with a maximum hand size and yeah, you probably shouldn't have cast your copy of Inspired ID on turn three because now you're discarding the hand size and you're discarding the gates and the spells, right? Yeah. But in, and I don't even know if in a control deck, 
but just some blue deck, some creature based deck, yeah, maybe, maybe an aggro deck, maybe some sort, of, yeah, maybe some sort of aggro deck. It's like nice refill, and as a one off, I don't really care going down to four. Generally, if you've got five cards in hand, you'd have to discard one to hand size. You're probably doing very well, and you've probably got a very strong hand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. <clears throat> sure, once you've cast the second without cleave, you go down to one. It's immediately really bad. And, like, you're in big trouble, most likely. But as long as you either only cast one, or you're like, I don't know, you put, like, two in your deck. Because you're like, after I've cast the first... And I had to cleave it. I could probably cast this. Uh, I couldn't cleave it. I could probably cast the second one with cleave later on in the game. Yeah. And then it also doesn't really matter. Uh, there's two cards next that I want to talk about. And if you follow us on Twitter at Pyre Perspective, you've already seen the reason that these two cards have spawned a potential video for us to do later on in the Duel of Coco decks, Alex on Humans and myself on Wolves. We'll go with the Wolf first. Ascendant Pack Leader. It's a one drop, a two one wolf. Ascendant Pack Leader enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it if you control permanent with mana value four or greater. Then it says whenever you cast a spell with mana value four or greater, put a plus one plus one counter on Ascendant Pack Leader. And it's a two one. So I think this is great. I think it's a very good, solid one drop in a nice, aggressively statted, kind of skewed deck. Um, I saw some people saying you don't run Coco with this. And I was like, why? And they're over... This is, this is the problem with people's evaluation with this card. They're way too heavily invested in getting max value out of, like, those counters and shit. And I'm like, this is just a really good one-drop Wait, wolf but, for a wolf tribe. Why? This card gets a counter when you cast Collected Company. Exactly. So, like, it, what value are you losing? Exactly. You can play Collected Company, and you can play Old Growth Troll, Triggers this. You'll leave champion. Triggers this. Like, at one point, am I losing value by playing Collected Company with this card? The, the reason that I saw was because you're not going to be running four mana per, uh, permanence for the first part. And I'm like, joke's on you. I'm going to be running Coco. Oh! I'm going to be I, four. I, I thought it was power four. No, I'm. I don't care. Joke's on you, though. I'm going to be running Nightback Ambusher as well in this deck. So, fuck you. But like, oh, it's... I didn't actually notice that. Who cares? You want a good filler? This is a great filler. In an aggro deck. Mm-hmm. You just... Man, people people undervalue Savannah Lion, like, so much. Like, I play that Ors of Human deck, and it's basically a deck with, like, 20 Savannah Lions in it. It's great. Like, the, the value... Like, 1 mana 2-1... It's a stat total that gives you, like, so much bang for your buck. Like, no other cards come at this rate. There's very few... Like, how many 2-mana 4-2s with upside are there? How many 3-mana 6-3s with upside are in this game? Yeah. Basically none. And... In this case, like, yeah, I don't care that it's smaller. It's a 1-mana 2-1. And sometimes it's it's, it's one minute three two. You're also playing it in a tribal deck that has access to lords and ways to pump it in other ways that aren't just in its own built-in stat. Even outside of wolves, yeah, I could see this outside of wolves. You know, like what if um, 
you know, like you're, I mean, at that point, you're probably running Mana Dorks, right? But like that Storm the Festival deck I just talked about with like that 4 mana 4 4 haste in it, your Questing Beast, you know, so some sort of Gruul deck. Like that big Gruul deck. I mean, Questing Beast, Glory Bringers, that sort of thing. This looks. What about, this might work. What about the old uh, Monogreen Devotion list of like the Monogreen Stompy Devotion with Ascendant Hydra? Where it's, um, or Aspect of Hydra, I'm sorry. Yeah, Aspect of Hydra. Yeah, or, with, uh, with Pell Collector and Experiment One. You just run yeah, but like another with one. Sarek, Sarek and Galta and yeah, uh, exactly. Great Henge and Coco. So now, you, sort of now you have yeah. now you have twelve one drops that do the same thing of like growing. Yeah, seems good to me. Like I, I don't see the issue. And then Alex, you go ahead and read the human. Ah, Shieldman, Hamlet Vanguard, two and a green, or a one-one human warrior with Ward two. Uh, Hamlet Vanguard enters the battlefield with two 1-1 counters on it for each other non-token human you control. This is very easily a 3-3. And it's pretty easy for it to be a 5-5 for 3. But this could very easily be a 9-9 for 3. Like, you have two random humans on the battlefield. I mean, you have two random humans on the battlefield. Right, whatever. They are uh, some sort of random three drop and like a one drop that was left or something. You go collected company, hit two of these bad boys. They're both nine nines. No, they're both seven sevens, sorry. Actually, yeah, they're both seven sevens. Pretty low, pretty good. You just co-code into 14 power and they both have ward two, so your opponent's probably only killing one of them and taking seven from the other. It's, uh, this card is really big, really fast. It's also a warrior, potentially relevant creature typing. Right? We've we've seen some warriors creep into this set instead of call time for some reason. Um, also, so yeah, really, really weird that this is not the set that's filled with soldiers instead of warriors, based on the yeah, playing. random warriors in here. It's like, thought we were all soldiers over here, but um, we're all soldiers now. Yeah. Oh, these uh in this part of Innistrad, they're warriors. Ah. The Hamlets. Hamlet <laughs> Vanguard's warrior, Hamlet Captain's also a warrior. Interesting. So yeah, cool card. Big boy. Um added to the list of good three drops that make it so my banned human deck is probably gonna be a Coco deck after all, which I am a little sad about. I thought I, I had something cool going. But literally every good human that they printed in this set is two or three mana. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. We, you know, we got one of the best humans and, in existence in Thalia. We got yeah, and humans isn't lacking in good one drops. Humans has very good one drops. Um, but there was just a lot of like, a lot of the three drops you were going into are just kind of cute. But now there's some that are just like raw power. And if you want to go more aggro, you might not go Tireless Tracker, but Briar Bridge Tracker. Just that immediately enters with more power and. You know, you don't have to wait to draw land, whatever. That is all cool stuff to do now. And again, this this is just this is like one of those nuts hits. So easy to be three three. <clears throat> also, this and just like the draw card one, very nice synergy with Mutavolt. Oh yeah, and it means that they're pretty reasonable top decks, right? You you have five lands, two of them are Mutavolts. Top deck this guy. Animate both your Mutavolts just with themselves. Play this. It's a 5-5. Five, five. 
even though it came off the top and you only had lands. Yeah. Sick. I will say at this point, I was thinking banned. There's some draws to banned still, but that might just end up being Celestia, depending on how easy it is to squish in the uh, Mutavolts and depending on how many you want. Your four Mutavolt might be hard to be banned at that point. Though Reflector Mage is an incredible card. Maybe Abzan just for the extra reach of um, what black offers in removal and stuff. Yeah, that could also be the case. Uh, I you get dire tactics. You you also get uh, what's the the evil dude from Ikoria, the ward. Oh, um, Kudro. Kudro. Yeah, yeah, that might work. Uh, we got two vampires in the four drop slot that I'm kind of like whatever about. We got Blood Vile Purveyor. He's a four mana five six with flying a trample. That sounds really fucking good. What's the catch? I'll tell you what the catch is, wonderful audience. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, and that is whenever an opponent casts the spell, and for some reason, if you notice the theme so far and the things we've been saying or the cards been reading off or you're reading along at home or looking at your own spoilers at your own time, whether you're at work, at the office, at home, what doesn't fucking matter, you might have noticed, hey, Brad, Alex, you know, one thing that they've been doing a lot in this set is kind of like what they do in Yu-Gi-Oh. They're adding a lot of, you can only do this once per turn. This effect only happens once per turn, once per turn. Not this fucking dude. It's not a once per turn where they cast a spell and get a blood token. It's anytime they cast a spell whatsoever. So if you're going against Phoenix, get fucked because they just got eight blood tokens in one go. And whenever blood, uh, blood vial purveyor attacks, it gets plus one, plus zero for each blood token the defending player controls. So it's a give and take. It's a balance. Whatever is the clock. Good hey Brad, enough. I know really good tech. Uh, if Karn. this card takes off, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna play that two drop. That whenever I have five blood tokens, it flips. <laughs> I'll have them in no time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is the equivalent of your opponent casting divine gambit, so you can cheat your demon. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, the clock is phenomenal on this, and it, it it's it's gonna always. And of course, this is gonna be errata to be. In the ga- not a rod on the card, but in the gathering on Oracle, it's going to say until the end of turn. It has the plus one plus zero. Otherwise, it, it suggests based on the way it's reading now that it always perpetually has plus one plus zero. That's not how that works. I'm very glad it doesn't. Um, it'll be horrible to track. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't think it's a hat back before we go to the second vampire. Yeah, uh, this card is. I don't think this is very good to be honest. Um. It's like blocking for days, but then your opponent's just setting up, sculpting their hand with blood. Um, it's... I don't know. It's, it's, it's big. That's about all it is. And it's, the clock's fine, but like before your opponent can move to combat, they can, they can just activate the bloods, and they don't even take that much damage. They can use it to find the removal for this guy. But yeah, sometimes you play this 4-drop, they don't kill it, and you win the game very easily. Sometimes they have the removal, and this guy is just like straight up, here, have a little bit of something on the way out to Mm -hmm. your opponent. But like, there's like 17 4-drops in this set that win the game if your opponent doesn't kill them. There's not actually unique about this card. But But those cards, if your opponent kills them, they trade one for one. This guy doesn't. I think stupid. I need to quickly pull up my tweet. Tweet it about this card before we uh, pull up the next one. I want to go back and talk about Patchwork Crawler. Ooh. People have been doing some funny things with this. 
Uh, one in the blue for a one-two zombie horror. Uh, he has an activated ability of two and a blue. He doesn't have to tap. Just two blue. Exile target creature card from your graveyard and put a one-one counter on Patchwork Crawler. Patchwork Crawler has all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with it. So it's Necrotic Ooze, but instead of you play it, it instantly has everything. Um, you need to sort of like, you know, basically put them all under and build your Patchwork Crawler. There is a infinite combo, more infinite mana is the easy one. There's a pretty easy way to make infinite mana. Um, the card that you exile first is Incubation Druid. That says, tap at one mana of any color that a land you control could produce. If Incubation Druid has a 1-1 counter on it, add 3 mana of that type. This card puts a counter on itself when it exiles a card underneath. So it immediately taps for 3. So basically, the first activation is free if you wait for it to untap with this. Um, then you could have the card Glimmer Bell from Ikoria, which is just a 2-mana 1-3 flying with 1 on the blue, untap Glimmer Bell. Infinite mana. And then you can find any way to win the game. One that I found was uh, Brimstone Trebuchet, uh, Trebuchet from... Um, <clears throat> What is it? Um, Eldraine. And that just says tap, deal one damage to each opponent. Because at one point you're netting mana. So you could just say, okay, I have one billion blue. Uh, tap it. Use the Glimmer Bell activated ability. Untap it. Tap it. Untap it. Tap it. Kill your opponent. There's combos to be made with this. Um, there's a little filler that's probably going to make your deck really bad. Um, but you might be able to find something. If you could also accrue some value, you could play... Um, Biomancer's familiar, and once that is on the battlefield, this activated ability is only one blue. Um, you can pop off very easily, potentially, with this card. Um, if you play this on turn two, and does that work? I'm pretty sure it does. Um, yeah. If you play this on turn two, you you for, for somehow turn one the incubation druid is in your graveyard. You've milled it with stitchers. Uh, the incubation druid and the uh, untapped dude are in your graveyard. Obviously, that's super unlikely. You need to like get like the god stitcher supplier, but let's say it happens. Do that on turn one. Turn two, you play this. Turn three, you play biomancer's familiar. You win the game. So you can go infinite on turn three. Uh, at least create infinite mana and then win in whatever way you want. Uh, obviously super unlikely, but a thing you could do. Um, then another one people have pulled up, but it is very mana intensive. You can get Asmodeus from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, and you can get the activated ability of Black 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 Draw 7, but he doesn't get the static ability of Asmodeus, which says that you can no longer draw cards. So that way you can skip that downside. And this is only like the first two things I've seen people do with it. I'm sure there's plenty of cards that have like activated abilities with some sort of downside attached to them, but because they're now under Patchwork Crawler, you no longer have that downside. Like people have been building decks around Necrotic Ooze since forever. I'm sure we can find something. What about this one? Yeah, this is a funny one. Clever Conjurer, people point out. Two in the blue. Uh, no Wizard from Adventure in the Forgotten Realms. Mage Hand, tap 
untapped target permanent, not named clever conjurer. That just means it instantly, infinitely taps and untaps itself. You find any payoff to doing that? Some got it says whenever a permanent untaps or whenever a permanent taps. You got it. You can do it with two cards, maybe. So yeah, that is that's pretty cool, especially because this card very specifically says something not named Clever Conjurer, but this card is named Patchwork Crawler. So the Beautiful. restriction that you're supposed to have, where you can't just burp infinitely on tap it, now you can. All right. Uh. Well, then there's Henrika, the four drop. Yeah, let's talk about the vampire. Okay, she's a legendary rankle vampire, basically. She's two and double black for a legendary creature vampire, a 1-3 with flying. At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose one that has not been chosen. Each player sacrifices a creature. You draw a card and you lose one life. Transform Henrika Don uh, Demonte. Um, and then on the flip side... She becomes three four with flying, death touch, and lifelink. And you can pay one and double black. Each creature you control with flying, death touch, and or lifelink gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Um, now this is one of those that creatures that like it tracks itself, right? It's not like a reset each turn thing because it says at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose one that has not been chosen. So it's kind of like demonic pact. Uh, not demonic pact. Um, what's the dem- demonic? Uh, no, you're right. Demonic. It's demonic pact. Okay, cool. Um, so eventually you'll have to just start flipping her. Um, the rate of you know being a one three, the turn it comes down is pretty bad. But she could technically transform herself immediately on entering, or when you move to combat, so you, you get a three four nighthawk scavenger type of thing with the ability to pump itself. Um, I think the problem though is like that <sighs> this would be a lot better if it didn't say choose one that hasn't been chosen and it was actually like rankle in the sense of you just you keep doing it. Like if this was like a consistent way to draw a card every turn um, but it's not because you you have to eventually just transform it or a, or a way to just keep making your opponent sack something. I'll try it. This is the best vampire we've gotten so far. And that feels really bad to say. Yeah. This card this card is like it's like bargain bin uh rankle. It's this card has like has its corners cut basically everywhere. That's a bit upsetting. Um it's a one three, which is like the minimum stats this thing could have gotten before being like laughably bad. Um, then it's each player sacrifices a creature. Could have been each opponent sacrifice each opponent sacrifices a creature, or each player sacrifices a creature not named Henrika Domnathi, so she doesn't actually kill herself. Um you draw a card, didn't need to have the life loss. Like not every black card that draws you cards does have to make you lose life, but they seem to forget that sometimes. Um and then on the transform backside, like its stats are as low as can be again. And its activated ability is one black black. Each creature you control with flying, death touch, and or lifelink gets plus one plus zero into end of turn. So you pay th- for her own sake, you pay three mana, she gets plus one plus oh. 
Why doesn't this say for every keyword? So it's plus three plus oh for her. But if they only have flying, it's plus one plus oh. If they've got two of them, it's plus two plus oh. Like if I'm thinking of a vampire that is a three four with lifelink, I think Kalidas, not this. Basically. Yeah. If they could have done 17 things about this card to make it better, and doing all 17 would have been overpowered, but it they could have definitely done five of them, basically. You know, I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think that um, I'd rather be playing uh, Slaughter Specialist right now. Between the two sets, between Innistrad, Midnight Hunt, and this, I think Slaughter Specialist is the best fucking vampire. You know what? No. No, no, no. Hold on. What the fuck? So, why are people hype about the new zombie? Right? The two-mana one? Uh, we just talked about now. Graph Reaver, right? Two-mana, three-through with exploit. Sack. When you exploit it, it, you can destroy target Planeswalker. At the beginning of your upkeep, Graft Reaver deals one damage to you. Okay, the rate is great. 3-3 three, three for 2, sweet. Um, the ability to possibly kill a Planeswalker, very niche. And then it has... Nice. Then it has the same thing that, what's it called? What's the old double black 3-3 three, three that deals 2 to you every turn? Where you sack it? Oh, that weird ghoul with the awful art. Oh, I love the art. You mean that really old one? It's like Scaffermage or something? Skim, skim yeah. For, yeah, 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 Scaffermage. Something like that. Um, yeah, it, it's basically like, this is an upgrade version of that. So, why did no one talk about that with fucking Slaughter Specialist? Which is a 2-mana 3-3 three, three Vampire Warrior. Enters the battlefield. Each opponent creates a 1-1 one, one human creature token. Whenever a creature in opponent controls dies, you put a plus one plus one counter on her. They, you give them the fodder to kill to start growing her if you're in a matchup where they don't have like creatures. But you're also playing vampires, which plays removal on its own already. So you're happy to start clearing the way of their blockers and stuff. You have Soren, which is happy to just like sack your Dusk Legion Zealot and then nuke one of their, uh, their creatures, kill it. This is not a once per turn thing. Whenever whenever a creature opponent controls dies, shit, man, this this is the best vampire out of the two sets. Um. Oh uh, yeah, I, I confused the sim one. Like, isn't Slaughter Specialist from Adventures in Forgotten Realms? But they're very similar. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. You know that meme? The guy was like, "I guess." Yeah. Like. Well, there's just vampires are very sad in this one. <sighs> but you know, who aren't sad in this one. Humans. Um talk about voltaic visionary. Th this card strikes me as completely like off the wall like value, but I still don't know if it sees play anywhere. Um one in a red for a three one human wizard. Tap. Voltaic Visionary deals two damage to you. Exile the top card of your library. You can play that card this turn. Activate only when you could cast a sorcery. When you play an exiled card with Voltaic Missionary, transform Voltaic Visionary, and it turns into a 4-3 that can block. So, 
two mana, draw a card, three, four. The only downside, you take two, and because, but who cares if you look at the type of deck this goes in, you take two, and it takes an extra turn for this to start swinging. Unless you don't feel like that, you could just start swinging with it as a 3-1. And it's a wizard, at least on the front side. This, this card just strikes me as really good. Also, by the way, if you're in like top decking, let's say you're like playing a burn style deck and you really need to like reach for that last bit of removal or like the last, like a vital removal spell or an important sideboard card or whatever, you could just tap this, take two, exile the top card and be like, ah, don't want to play that. You just don't play it and you can tap her to draw a card again next turn. So I've got an aggressive one drop, uh, two drops, or an aggressive two drop that can tap to draw you a card, and if you decide to do anything with that card, it becomes a four or three. Or two. What the fuck? Am I crazy, or is this card incredible? I'm hesitant, because we whiffed pretty hard on our last <laughs> Flame wizard. Chandler. Yeah. Um, but my first thing is I see is this is a wizard, so... Yeah, I'm also turn. somewhat hesitant, but I'm like, man, but th it, there's so much text on this card, and it's basically all good for a two-drop. Like, why, why isn't this, if this card isn't good, which it very well might not be, why on earth isn't this card good? We're in a weird spot with magic now, right? Like, you look at cards, they come out, like, you can no longer just say... Hey man, on rate this thing is great. Like, and, and that's good enough to see play. <laughs> and like, sometimes you see cards that are just like they seem really fucking good, and they just don't have the snuff practice. This could be an ex in a, in a, an exception. Um, I hope it is. I, th I think this is a really cool design. I like the card. I mean, if if this card isn't good or playable, I'm never talking about an uncommon red wizard again. <laughs> Same. We can go to Dominari. We can go back to Strixhaven with a set with two hundred wizards in it, and if they're red and uncommon, we are just not discussing them. Yep. <laughs> like no, he who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, but it, nope. No, it's probably bad. Probably cease no play. Like you haven't read the card. It's like I know. I know. I don't need to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of a card that I look at it, okay, the same way you're kind of stuck on this card with the like, it has to be good is also how I'm looking at this is it card, Wandering Mind. It's a three mana two one four for with flying. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a non creature non card from among them, put it into your hand, rest on the bottom of your library. I'm just like, I feel like this is this is good, feels like a good card. Yeah, it's it's so much. Well, it's not so much value because it's one card, but you get so much selection. It's evasive. It's. I feel like this card is going to be absolutely insane in limited. If your deck oh, yeah, is probably. just like five of these, whole bunch of removal, and you just poke your opponent to death in ten turns, but I don't in like pioneer. The value's good. There's like this this really strikes me as a card. This would be like him sort of 
Grixis, Coligan's Command, Thoughtseize, mm-hmm. Removal Pile. Then oh, it's th- it's those three drop. Never mind. Right, we can't play it. There's we have Luris. Oh yeah, Luris. Okay, cool. This card shit. All right. No. <laughs> uh, like outside of that hypothetical, this card is like uh, outside of that like situation where like haha, Luris can play it. Th- this is a good card. Um, it feels like um. With cards like this, it's like, man, you could not, like, push this any further. So if this card isn't good, it's just, okay, this design doesn't work, apparently. Like, yeah, you could have this card look at the top 25 cards of your deck, but these cards never will, because then they basically become tutors. Uh, I don't think you can give it much higher stats either. Speaking of three drops, hey, there's the other zombie. That's a two drop. No, we talked about that one. I'm talking about headless rider. Also, someone oh, yes, said yes, yes. someone said this art is terrifying or genuinely terrifying on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but like, no, not genuinely terrifying at all. Isn't he just like kind of juggling? It just has floating heads around him. And the heads look goofy. The horse looks goofy. Fun fact. When I was in uh, elementary school, there was a wonderful uh, song we had to sing that was uh, about the Headless Horseman. And we had, it was like all monotone and shit. That we, and it was actually kind of creepy the way that we had to sing it. And it was, it was all... <laughs> like, yeah, what, co- what cult were you in? We, we all had school. to play the xylophone too. It was like, da, 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 da. like there is like a little thing where it's like, it's like really fucking creepy, and and then also the you we sang it around, so yeah the first group group of kids go, I heard a horseman ride over the hill, the moon shone bright, the night was still. His helm was silver and pale was he, and the horse the he rode fuck, was of ivory. Yeah, and literally, you you basically, the first group goes, I heard a horseman, and when they start right over the hill, the next group goes, I heard a horse, and it's in a round, it's super fucking creepy sounding. Oh my god, I just remember that song so vividly. <laughs> I have to make this Glad I'm this. not going to bed soon. Oh wait. <laughs> hey, we're almost done. We're, we're pretty much on the last bit of spoilers. But yeah, Headless Rider. Um, hey, we didn't even read the card yet. <laughs> yeah. Three mana, three, one zombie. When Headless Rider or another non-token zombie you control dies, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Uh, noteworthy, it's not a decay zombie. Oh, thank God. And it doesn't enter tapped, which zombie tokens often do. So... It's pretty strong in that regard. I think it's a pretty good card, honestly. Yeah, it's just, I wish zombies, you know, didn't have a million three drops. But it's also just like, okay, your opponent wipes your board, but like, you don't care because you're playing zombies. Mm-hmm. We did it again. Then your opponent plays a Shadow's Verdict. None of your cards do anything because they trigger when things die. And your hand is empty. Your graveyard is empty, and you've lost the game to a five mana sorcery. Again, 
This card doesn't fucking do anything about that. Like all the zombie cards don't. So we need zombies that phase. And I don't care about the four mana enchantment. Okay, cool. When a zombie enters the battlefield, you get another one. Ooh, zombies swarming the board. Where have I seen that before? Except in every game that you play with a zombie deck. I mean, it's literally just every game ever that features zombies. There's a yeah, lot at of least them. I, like, I can hit, like, you know, if I want more zombies in my zombie deck, I can cast the Collected Company, hit a Diagraph Colossus. That's the same thing. Yeah, I'd rather play Diagraph Colossus. Yeah, rather than my Foreman Enchantment, that means I have to go into white. At this point, if I play zombies, I'm playing Golgari, I'm putting, uh, I'm putting Collected Company in, and I just hope to spin it and win it on the Collected Company. I'd basically go full Merfolk, which is just rely on how good of a card Collected Company is, and if that doesn't get me there, yes, my deck sucks. <laughs> you didn't deserve to be there in the first place. Yeah. Uh... Uh, card, I was angry when I saw it because, again, cleave cards disappointing me greatly, uh, but I do want to point it out quickly. Para Parasitic Grasp, one in the black. Uh, Parasitic Grasp deals three damage to target human creature. You gain three life. Now you can pay one black black and change that to Parasitic Grasp deals three damage to target creature. So you remove the human tag. Uh, this is essence extraction for all intents and purposes. Um... But if Humans is legitimately a ridiculous deck that is overrunning the meta, hey, there you go, you've got better Essence Extraction. Except once you flash it back with Gearhawk, it has its targeting restriction because you don't pay the cleave cost when it... Yeah. Man, they could have worded this with, like, non-human and then put none in brackets or whatever. Yeah. They could have done something about this, whatever, that it does actually work. And then it will be three mana, and its cleave cost will be two mana. But that's very specifically for flashing it back with Gearhawk or casting it for free somehow. So uh, I guess that doesn't. Well, seeing that um, we are approaching three hours, unless there's any other cards that you are uh, wanting. Perfectly, just Mimmer Hall, Mirror Hall Mimic. I think it's just a cool take on how we've done Mimic before. Uh, three and a, three and a blue. For a spirit, you may have Mirror Hall Mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except as a spirit in addition to its other types. And then it says Disturb, 3, blue, blue. Enchant creature, at the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that's a copy of Enchanted creature, except it's a spirit in addition to its other types. Um, after you so disturb it for 5. Uh, very reminiscent of um, Vizier of Many Faces. Yeah. Which is a card I was a big fan of. It's like a hybrid between Vizier of Many Faces and Progenitor Mimic, uh, which was like a clone that basically kept cloning itself over and over at the beginning of each upkeep, well, each of your upkeeps. Uh, I think this is pretty cool. Um, I like clone effects. I think they leave for interesting tech, especially if there would be a lot of like hexproof or indestructible running around, like, you know good way to combat your opponent's Toski is to just copy them, have a Toski yourself, and just block with it every turn, except Toski can't because it has to attack every turn. But, like, something like that, right? Back in the day, doing it with Carnage Tyrants. And this yeah. is a cool mimic. Um, I've said it a lot, but I'll say it again. Art is phenomenal. Oh, the art's fucking um, cool. It just sucks that this is a non-cokeable thing for spirits, so it doesn't really fit in the tribe, but this is probably not going to be a spirit you want to play anyway. Because spirits... Yeah, this, does, doesn't this really card be. has... 
doesn't have much to do with being a spirit, but it's just yeah. haunting a mirror. It should probably be a spirit, but it has basically nothing to do with it. It's like me every morning. <laughs> yeah, but the art's fucking... I do love Innistrad. I do love being on this plane. We get and let's super press cool art. Refresh one more time. Does anything pop up? No. Then I'm going to close the page before new stuff pops up and we're here forever. All right. Reminders out the door. Thank you all for listening so much to the Pioneer Perspective. Again, my name is Brad and this is Alex. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Brad's for Alex. What is yours? At Disciple of Bolas. You can see me especially tweeting... New spoiler comes out, first thoughts, stupid ideas I have with a card, whatever. Um, try and throw it out there. Or get mad that they apparently killed Sigarda, but then it turns out we already got a spoiler a week ago saying that she doesn't, because for some reason we spoiled the card where she breaks free before we spoiled the card where she gets imprisoned. So, hey, good job. what's suspense anyway? What's a story? I just want to see cards. Yeah. You can I also guess. follow us at Pio Perspective. Uh, we are the official podcast of the Playaway Discord server. If you want to play some paper magic with us over webcam, if you are across the ocean like Alex is for me, or you just don't feel like getting out of your house or putting on any pants, you can go ahead and hop on the Discord server and play some paper magic over webcam. It's pretty fucking great. We also have merch on inkgaming.com. We have two links available in the description. The first link is going to be directly to our store. You can get Pioneer Perspective merch, playmats, things like that, as well as Playaway merch. The other link is going to be just our affiliate link in general. If you don't want to get anything specifically with our faces on it, which, you know, perfectly understandable, you can get any other cool <laughs> merch that Ink Gaming has to offer and any proceeds that you get, at least a little bit, helps us out and goes to uh, feeding our editor and uh, making sure that he's still alive and breathing. That's very important for us. Yes. We also do our uh, little segment of um, mailbags. Uh, we didn't do anything this week because it is a spoiler week. And like, you know, spoilers are fucking insane. We're at three hours now. So, haha. But if you want to be featured on a mailbag question, we do get it back around to doing so. You can go ahead and leave a question, whether it's on either of our social medias, whether it's DMing us, tweeting at us, or going into the channel on the Discord itself and play away and asking anything your heart desires. Outside of that, we love you. We appreciate you. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being patient with us and understanding of our different time constraints and uh, schedules and things like that as we've been kind of fumbling around together the last month to make sure that we can actually bring content to you guys. But we have a nice clear window of opportunity over the horizon for us to make some more things moving forward and we'll be happy to share those with you at a later date. But for now, we hope you listen to us next week when we go over some more spoilers. Should have the full set by next week so we can actually get going and be closer to our top eight. And maybe we have something special in store for that too. Let's see what that car is. Hopefully he's good. I'm I'm taking the over under on uh if we get any good vampires, and I don't think we're gonna get any. But hey. I don't think so either. <laughs> but oh well. Hopefully you'll hear us complain about it next week. So, like I said, bye bye guys. Bye bye everybody. Bye.